Well then, that was an intro. How are you doing, Mr. Sammy? Doing really, really well. How are you doing today, Les? So, Thanks for having me on. So far, so good. Well, I feel like we're trading now because if you guys don't know, I was on a not podcast podcast interview hangout. It was Probably more of a hangout. the best way of putting it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of a Just chill. A like, chat we, and we, were, we were chilling. We were chilling. So we mm -hmm. were hanging out. It was a good. It was a good hang. All right. And we had Sammy on. So guys, you guys don't know. I have Sammy J underscore GD. That's twitch.tv forward slash Sammy J underscore. Don't forget it. GD. All right. Uh, and I've known Sammy for three years now. That long? It's been three years. Yeah, I have I, I have people in my stream on Twitch who have been subscribed to me for two years now. But I've I have one that's twenty three months, and so Ooh. very very close to two years. And oh yeah, that that bothers me that it's been that long. Sometimes it's like, has it really been two years, and I'm still doing it? So I must enjoy it to some to, to some degree because that's proof right there. Did I can't believe back? I've known you for three years. I, how how have we survived? Each I of us? I don't know how we survived this much period in general. Just at all on Twitch, especially on twitch it's been a wild ride in three years man but um yes a lot of learning i, I would say a lot of uh, a lot of evolution of not a little, yeah. little craziness oh there's a subscriber hello mr do man thank you so much for that speaking of subscriptions they've been here for four months actually cool little side note do man and angry are a couple and they both hang out but they're sharing a computer so only one can play so the other one comes and hangs out and usually turns me into a banana on stream it's right. a very well, I mean, it's, the, you have to apparently that's know? one of your hooks for your stream though so you can't really fault them for doing that i mean that that's why i like to come i don't do it myself because i'm scared of, of you know of doing it for myself but watching other people do it to you perfect that, of that's that's entertainment for of me. course of course and that's the whole point and uh i think it's one thing man like so for me, uh, I just want to jump in real quick. I've known you for years, and you've always played indie games. And for me, I never could get into indie games, but you always made them so entertaining. I think what is the, it? What is it you can't get into about an indie game because they're, they're games? Yeah, they're games. It's just like a lot of side. I'm not a big side platformer person, even if it's like um, let's talk about like Ori, right? Like a beautiful, like handcrafted almost like you're playing with art right like a beautiful crafted game i just can't get into it and i don't know it's just a me thing but i also think as a streamer i don't think i can make it interesting and that's i think i'm i it's partly probably overthinking but for the most part you've like nailed it though like you not only play the games you're good at the games you like the games and you're like you're interesting you, you nailed all three like four topics like for me i just can't i don't know but so what got you let's just jump in like what got you into indie games in the first place why indie games why not why aren't you a first person shooter why aren't you let's, a uh, mower let's first of all just i want to bring you up on a couple of things really quickly before we do that let's try not to um suggest that indie games only happen in the form of 2d platformers this is true this is very true yeah that's a great because context indie, for listeners. indie games is way too big of an umbrella just to be a type of indie games isn't a genre. Indie well, games explain, is just. Well, let's explain that. What what defines an indie game? Let's let's start from scratch. If you're basically a small independent in, independent developer mm -hmm. uh, that's not attached to any big names, for example, when Dark Souls first came out, everyone was saying that's that's an indie game because it's developed by FromSoft, you know, not a very big, well known company at the time. Right. 
I've I've always had a problem calling that an indie game because they're attached to Bandai Namco, who is this massive publisher. Yes. And if you have a publisher like that attached to your game, you are not an indie 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 game. I'm right. Right. Uh, also, you you mentioned Ori, which again I have to pull you up and say I don't I don't believe that as being an indie game because it's interesting. It's, it was made by Microsoft. It's a Microsoft game. So would that be more of a style? Like it's almost like well, I, I would say it's it's one of their smaller development teams that okay. made that game. Okay. Um, that makes sense. You know, and it draws a lot of uh, influence from other indie games like Hollow Knight, which we will get to. You know, yeah, we we'll can't get to talk that. about indie games without talking about Hollow Knight. Right. But... Actually, I have a list. I have a list of uh, <laughs> the top 100 indie games, and we're gonna go through the top 10 and oh, see if you agree. It's gonna be rough. Yeah. Oh, somebody in chat. Hey, yeah. What's up, man? Um, guys, and, uh, side note, if you guys are interested in if you're listening to the podcast here, I know we have a lot of listeners all across the world. If you're listening on Spotify or whatever app you're using to listen, uh, we also do this podcast live every Sunday, 2 p.m. So make sure to come check us out. It's leveled AF on Twitch. Easy enough. I uh, just want a little side note. And of course, another side note. If you don't follow Sammy J, I will track your IP, find you, and then hit the follow button for you. You understand? I will sneak into your Creep. house and hit the follow button for Creepy you. Creepy but kind. Yeah. Creepy but kind. <laughs> that should be your new tagline Creepy on Twitch. But kind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Okay. So uh, we kind of defined a little bit like uh, it has to be an individual indie developer but there's also stylistic choices that make it look and feel like an indie game so how do we yeah. define that what's the so it seems like an, an interesting like generic like well if it's an independent developer and they make a video game it's an indie game but yeah. there's also like the style choices like like metroid at the time when that first came what do you think about the first metroid that was technically like amazing yeah I, I, what uh the met one of the met uh, one of my favorite franchises in existence is the Metroid franchise. And uh, the first Metroid game I played was Super Metroid on the SNES. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why we call them Metroidvanias is because those types of games borrow all aspects from Metroid and Castlevania. Um, and yeah, the Metroid franchise is amazing. And I'm always going to be looking to buy, the, uh, especially the new one, Metroid Dread coming out. I literally can't wait for that because it's, uh, borrowing a lot of ideas from the old Metroid games like Super Metroid. Uh, it's not Metroid Prime, which I love as well, but it's right. it's more kind of a, a retro feel to it, but looks brand new, and I can't wait for that. Um, so the Metroid games, you know, I could speak a lot about all the time. And as as an indie gamer, I'm just I'm glad a lot of indie indie developers are jumping on the bandwagon of making Metroidvanias. Yeah, because they seem to be a genre that doesn't feel like it's tiring at all. You mm. know. We we had Metroid and Castlevania. We didn't have too many that borrowed them aspects from them games. There were, like, leading up to now. But I think in today's um, industry for gaming, I think a lot of indie developers are doing Metroidvanias. And if they didn't, we wouldn't see a lot of them. We would only right. see Metroid and Castlevania. And that's the other good thing about indie games, by the way. We only see certain genres these days because of them. Right. Like you would never see EA, um, Square, Enix, Nintendo, all the big names. You would never see them make genres nowadays like shmups. I don't know if you know what they are. What but is a shmup? That is a made-up word, and I know you just not, made that up. I know not, you did. There's not, no way you did not just... It's a real thing. Why are you lying to my listeners right now, sir? <laughs> Your <laughs> listeners may know what it is as well. Um, basically, shmup... Uh, I'll spell it out in chat. Shmup. Guys, has anybody in chat shmup. heard of shmup? 
They are, if if you remember the old arcade games where you have a sort of like a flying craft, could be a spaceship, and the screen is always moving that way, and there's Star loads Box of enemies. type shit, yeah. Kind, kind of, well, but he, That was the 3D of, version of it, but that was like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that yeah, style. That's the evolved version of a yeah, shmup, basically. Yeah, okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. So they are shmups, and we would never see them that genre in, in existence these days unless indie developers are making them, which they true, still are. Because you wouldn't, you, you know, all of those genres we used to get have, have now all died in, in the modern world of, of big developers. Right, and right. See, that's the one thing I love about indies more than anything else is that they are proving to people and to developers and the industry that we still care about these things that don't technically exist on a bigger scale anymore. Right. And the fact that people are getting behind them, backing these projects on things like Kickstarter and other websites like that, um, still proves that we want this kind of thing. And I yeah. really, really can't emphasize enough the fact that we need to get behind these small development teams. Otherwise, we may see some of our you know favored genres of the past Die just die off never see them again yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense i mean it's, uh, i think there's if there's a passion there and people like uh i think everybody has a passion project you know just like some people like to woodwork some people like to code video games from scratch and they you know i think like uh for example the last indie game like indie game i played uh was valheim that was technically an indie game it was a team of four people five people yep. something yep. like that it was just published mm -hmm. they're just thrown on there and just it was a wild wild success it was the first time i ever played a survival game either so on top of that was a double whammy i never played rust i never did any of those styles like you build everything from scratch i never did any of that um i was find myself waking up at 5 a.m to get on a boat and go try and find ore and fight skeletons i was like what am i doing with my life why am i so addicted and why is this game so good even mm -hmm. though it was like low poly you know, uh, it was like it was like low poly yet also defined. I don't know how their art style was, but it was we wouldn't have games like that with that kind of direction without, like you said, as uh, well said, like without an indie game genre or, or independent developers making things like this. You know what I mean? And it's it's clearly clearly people still want it because look look how successful Valheim was. Right. You know, people still want to see that kind of game, whether you're retro, or new into games. It's just amazing what you can do in a small independent team. You know, right. if you, give, you get given the right tools, you can pull off a massive success like that. And look at Stardew Valley, for example, made yeah. by one person. One person made the whole thing. He's now a multimillionaire. The, the, the game sold over well over 10 million copies worldwide. Jesus. Like, it's just staggering. <laughs> one person made that game. Team Cherry consists of three people that work full time, they develop Hollow Knight. And that's insane well that now... game has just done insane amounts as well and it's just like it's just so it's you know it's crazy to think that how much you can actually get done with such a small team right if you really really set your mind to it and pull something off like that right so it's just great that we still have a need for it and we have a need for different directions that indie developers are actually trying to go towards rather than the norm that we see today without indie games coming out we it would be boring like yeah. we would have the same games coming out all the time we'd you know I love playing some shooters. I don't play competitive shooters. I, I play Doom and games like that. Right. I love that. I love um, uh, Zelda. I love big open world games. You know that look amazing. Horizon Zero Dawn. I love all of them. But if if it's only that, and we don't have a, an option for something smaller on the side, maybe then I, yeah, I don't want to be in that world. <laughs> right. I know. You know? It, would, it would. I mean, here's the weird part. Like for me, I guess one thing I would definitely want to learn is like. When did indie game 
Like, when did it become indie games in general? Like, for example, like, obviously in the early days of gaming, like, even Blizzard was an indie gamer. Like, indie... Like, when does that jump made for a company? Like, when do they make a jump from... An, like, what classifies it? Because, like, even the big gaming companies that we know today, when they first started out, were technically indie, you know, developers. I mean, to say, I, I don't know if there's a, a, like a, a pinpoint in the timeline that we can say, yeah, this is when it became, and this is when you became an indie developer. Let's not forget, people have been coding their own games since the Spectrum. Right. If you remember what that console was. Yeah. Um, one guy uh, coded on his Spectrum a game called Manic Miner, hmm. which oh, was... Man a really, really big deal and a big seller for the Spectrum in the end. But one guy just coded that on his Spectrum that you could do. You could just, if you had a Spectrum, you could just, you, there was like a, like a, like a kind of like an MS-DOS screen hmm. that you could open up and just start coding your own stuff in. And he did that and made that game. Dang. So this, this has been going <laughs> for forever, like in, in the games industries. Uh, we've never really sort of pointed the finger and say, oh, you're an indie developer. You're an right. indie company. Until really, I, I never really caught wind of it until the sort of Xbox 360 era. I don't was that okay. Gen 6, Gen 5, whatever they call whatever it. it was, yeah. So we had Xbox 360, we had the PS3 and Nintendo Wii mm -hmm. were the three big consoles at the time. Uh, that's when I noticed um, indie games sort of picking up a bit of pace and steam. Right. Uh, now that you know online gaming is is working well, you know the Xbox is. Pulled that off really well with games like Halo and yep. SOCOM Navy SEALs on the PlayStation and stuff like that. Even yep. Mario Kart, now we can play that online. And so online gaming is now really taking off. And this is when I think indie developers saw their opportunity to seize that opportunity and um, start developing their games on their consoles. And right. Just from that era, it's just gotten stronger and stronger. And we've gotten more and more developers, more and more games getting greenlit on Steam and more ways to play and access these games we can now play them handheld if we want mm. uh, with the the new stream steam deck yep. coming out soon yep nintendo switch is probably uh, apparently the best way, way to play an indie game because they sell the best on that system better than steam right is, right is, is what the articles are saying um so yeah since like the 360 days they've only just grown and grown and gotten bigger and better ever since then and success stories have just got more and more frequent since right. then. And um, I, I think from that era is when they really started to take off a little bit. But I'm really glad they did, and I'm really glad it's not dying out. And we're just going to see it. It seems to be picking up more. Steam. I mean, I remember another indie game I played was Transistor. They're in the same realm as like Fury yeah. and uh, Hades. Those uh, style, like, you know, top down looking combat action style. Actually, I yeah. played Transistor. I, I love Hades, by the way. Hades is fantastic. I've never played, played Transistor. Yet. It looks good. Oh, man it's hades is so good it's like one of the biggest comfort gaming games i've ever played right one of the best games i've played all year if i'm being honest really it's so good yeah it's Ooh. so good okay honestly. i played uh, i'm not really into roguelites but that I, I got hooked on it for some reason right it's one of the, them games it's one of those games man and that's the other cool thing it's like the same thing as valheim for me like i just like oh this is i don't know what i'm doing and then i made a house it was like yeah i made that house and it was like it was like a weird moment of like i killed all these boars and now i wear their skin like it was like this is awesome i've made this stone tools and i'm chopping down trees and shit this is great you know and then all of a sudden you know 60 hours later i'm climbing mountains and fighting dragons i'm like this is what mm. a game's supposed to be like man and that's mm. kind of how it goes um so i guess my next leading question is with with the popularity of indie games um do you think it's 
waning? Do you think it's getting better? Like, where do you think the industry, that it subculture of gaming is going now? I, um, I, personally, I see it moving out of the subculture place mm. and becoming the norm. And the reason I say that is because uh, you get big games that start off as an indie game that turn into a game. Right. right. So like I said about FromSoft, you know, being an indie developer, and they're not because their game, Dark Souls, has such a big publisher, Bandai Namco, attached to it. Yeah. It's not an indie game anymore. League of Legends, it's not an indie game anymore. Yeah. It's too big. Uh, Hollow Knight is an indie game. But because it's so big and so massive now, their sequel doesn't really fit into that category. It, it's hard to say that it fits into that category at this right. point. It's not come out yet. It's, it's called Silk Song. Um, a lot of my community members are sort of going nuts over the fact that we've not heard anything uh, about this game recently. Right. Personally, for me, I think the reason behind that is possibly because they showed a lot of gameplay for this game a long time ago, and I think they showed that way too soon. Right. You know, this is a big project, you know, it's got to be bigger. They're, they're saying it's going to be three times as big as Hollow Knight. Took me 70 hours to, to get through that game, like, full. And I've still not done everything, technically. Right. But if it's going to be three times as big as this game, and they Damn. showed all of that footage, and I think they showed it too soon, because they were nowhere near really ready to Being ready. announce any release date or anything like that. Right. And because it's, it's now that big with all this expectation weighted on it, is it really... Does it really fall into the rest of the indie game category because it's now this big and everyone wants it and stuff like that? That is weird. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Jen is saying Silk Song February twenty twenty two. I'm not buying it. I'm not. I'm not buying that it's coming out as soon as February. Maybe she's heard something I haven't. Maybe they'll push fan. it back again too. I mean, who knows? Maybe. I mean, that's a that's a big thing. I I feel like um, a lot of gaming companies use COVID as an as not wouldn't say an excuse because COVID is obviously happening. So whatever their their uh, the logistical constraints might be to have games, but there's been a lot of pushbacks on a lot of different games because of the challenges of you know working from home. If you're, you know, all that kind. Of, who, who even knows what what that's done to the game development realm? I mean, how many yeah. games have we seen be pushed back? Like it's countless. I mean, almost every game comes out. Um, so I heard. Okay, so that's actually a really good point that you made. Um, with games coming out in this kind of large size, do you think that indie game developers are now chasing like that same success that they tried to have? Like obviously everybody's talking about the hype of Hollow Knight, but can it live up to that, that initial hype because of it? I feel like it's like a, I feel like the indie games are like a one trick pony sometimes. And I feel like that's like, it's maybe unfair to say, but how many game developers who've created a really popular game? Like, is there a Stardew value too? Like, no, he's like, this works. I sold it millionaire bye you know what i mean like you kind of like live that experience and then it's like it's like it's like making a sequel to a movie everybody knows the first one's the best the second one's like eh. you know like what do you think about that what i think is aliens yes the sequel was better than the first one it was actually good i know okay that's fair there it's okay let's let's read redact a little bit it's it's very rare, but I think on the batting average is highly low. Like if you saw cars and then you saw cars two, I think we can do me agree. It's a kid's show, but my wife is addicted to to Disney. So this is what it is. All right, this is what it is. I get stuck watching Disney movies. Everybody knows that now. All right, you love it. You love it. It is what it life. is. And Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back was good too. See, it's not everything, but Star Wars in general is a whole different story. I mean, Star Wars is its own thing, but. We all saw episode one, and I think we can all agree it's a piece of shit. Let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah. Episode one's pretty bad. I think it's pretty bad. Jar Jar Binks was uh 
Uh, is, is that technically the first what film then? Because it's called Episode One. Is that technically not the first Star Wars film? It was definitely not the first Star Wars film because technically, if it's based on filming, right? If it, the first last one was made forty years prior, <laughs> it works out that way. True. But <laughs> it's funny how the Star Wars one back then. And now we're on tangent, but it's funny how that one lived up better like if you watch the old star wars versus the 2002 or 2001 yeah episode one like that one looks like shit compared to the, the old it's so weird isn't it so... it's so I, I didn't like episode one or episode two yeah yeah but that... episode three was was even not that great which is what the whole when anakin turned into Yep. Even that wasn't that great to me, if I'm being honest with you. No. The older ones are way better. Like, way way better. better than them three. Way better. Way, just, I've still I've, not seen all the, new, all the new ones. I've seen episode seven, and I think that's about it, really. I've, I've got to get up to date with this. Yeah, you got to catch up. There's a whole new series uh, on D Disney Plus now. That's amazing. Uh, it's I've not animated. seen The Mandalorian. I've not, I've not seen, you I've have not seen what? any of them. You have not seen no, any I'm okay, sorry. Excuse me? <laughs> Please Sir? don't, because I, I get enough of this from my Sir? brother, please. <laughs> what do you mean? And for everybody who's listening, I'm holding up a baby Yoda right now on screen. Uh, but he's not doing the Yoda voice, which is disappointing. I'm definitely not. Okay, baby Yoda is not a Yoda. All right. Kind of is. Same general. Okay. Sorry to derail the indie game convo. Well, you brought up Star Wars and we can't not yeah. talk about Star Shame Wars. You, we have. We're going to blame you, Jen. Uh, but getting back on track a bit. Um okay so with indie games coming into fruition and we were talking about like hollow knight 2 do you think hollow knight 2 is gonna be better than hollow knight 1 even if it's not like it doesn't matter like enough people are gonna love it to, to not even care that much if it's as good as hollow knight they'll still lap up silks everyone that bought hollow knight i, I guarantee will pretty much lap up silk song doesn't matter if the re reviews are saying it's not as good or it doesn't quite live up to the expectation that Hollow Knight set before it. I don't really think anyone will care that much. They just want to play this game that they've right. heard. It's been in existence for several years now, and, and they just want to play this game, and they've, they've waited a long time. But like I said, I think I think Team Cherry showed off that gameplay footage way too soon because it was not ready, and they were not anticipating how big this game was going to be a success, and right. they're kind of having to retract a little bit now and, and not really give us enough info. But um, I, I think it will be as good as. I think, personally, I think Silksong will at least be as good as Hollow Knight, Hollow Knight if not better. I don't think it will be considerably worse. Like, I right, think yeah. There's a lot of Hollow Knight where you think, oh, you know, a lot of this stuff is 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 too well thought out. How can they follow it on? Mm. But if, if they've done it before... I'm convinced they can do it again, do it again. personally. Yeah. I really, really do. Because it's such a deep game for what it is. For people that haven't played it, and they'll know you know what it is. You know what kind of game it is, and you've seen what it looks like. Yep. But there's so much detail in, in that game with the lore and the story behind each character. And it's just it's, it's crazy to think that such a small team can, can make a game as big like that and as thought-provoking as, as it is and as in-depth as it is and, you know... They I obviously think if they're have some kind again. of formula that and and stylized choices in in planning that they like to do and it's implemented they implement it correctly the first time and if they can just use that same formula again and make little minor tweaks that doesn't break the gameplay to the point where it's unplayable or that they, they bring the storyline somewhere so out there that people are just like what the hell is this like they should be fine you know yeah I, but on the flip side this is kind of off kilter but. I see a Witcher 3 cyberpunk 
potential here. So which, if, for anybody who don't know, I'm going to give a little bit of background. So Witcher 3, CD Projekt Red, uh, came up with Witcher series. Witcher 3 was their biggest selling game of all time. Still played. It won like, what, best game of the year. It's it's all these accolades. Um, and they came out and the DLCs were even better and expanded the world. It was an amazing game. And then they were teasing, you know, um, uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever it was. I it's how bad it was. Okay, I don't even remember the name. I don't remember. The, <laughs> it was Cyberpunk. That's all I know. It's, um, it's 2077. I 2077. Think. Okay. It right. So it was, and it was a ma- massive flop. It was a piece of shit that out the door. There was bugs out the wazoo. There was a way for you to fly if you had a sword in a Cyberpunk. It was just, it was very bad. It was a very, very bad game. Um, and they've just been reeling, but they took a giant reputation hit, and that's gonna hurt their future sales, you know. Um, but CD Projekt Red started as an indie company with like one booth in at e3 europe or something uh like a team of like 15 people making the first witcher series they just they just made a game off of this book series right and it was a giant even the witcher one didn't even do that well witcher two is really when they started getting traction you know what i mean and then they built on that they had a winning thing they built on that to make it more open world in witcher three and then just completely drop the ball so that's um, that's what i'm worried about where do you do you think an indie game company could take a loss like that i I see what you're saying but i I really don't see it being the same because when you when you put witcher 3 next to a game like hollow knight witcher 3 has a lot more assets involved It's Mm. it's an open world so is cyberpunk which is supposed to be even bigger than witcher 3 uh we've seen what cyberpunk looks like they've got keanu reeves involved in this game they've got this huge setting, this futuristic setting of, of potentially being able to go and do anything you want. It's not the same as, as Hollow Knight and Silk Song. That, that transition is very, very, very much the same game, but just a sequel, really. Right, in, right. Instead of, you know, th- there are going to be way more differences, but the main difference being instead of playing as Hollow Knight, you play as Hornet in Silk Song. Mm, okay. Hornet has a lot more faster moves. She can jump higher, she can throw her needle. Uh, and stuff like that okay and that's one of the biggest pulls for me to play this game she's in the first game right. and she's a she's my favorite character from the first game but now we get to play as as, as hornet uh, okay in what's what looks like the same sort of world it's gonna there's gonna be differences and new places for us to explore in that but it's not it's not anywhere near the kind of transition that cd project red had between witcher 3 and, and cyberpunk right it was a much bigger stage way more assets assets to look at way bigger budget involved when you're talking about movie stars getting involved and stuff like that it's right. like I, I smell a rat when when keanu reeves come out as much as i love him you know when people start putting names like that in your game it's like what are they trying what to are cover you up? mashing yeah what are, what what are, are you hiding? hiding yeah well that's the same thing do you remember uh what was it sean Carol, I think is his last name. The No Man's Sky, the debacle with right. No Man's Sky. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. like on all these news shows and he was in front of E3 and he was giving these speeches about all these things you can do and that it's an infinite game and it comes out and it's a giant flop. And here's the worst part is that, for example, Cyberpunk 2077 sold very well. Mon- monetarily, it did very good. But as we all know, as gamers, obviously it didn't go well like their their reputation is in the shitter because of all these problems that it had originally right Mm. and i think the big thing that people misunderstand about video game companies it's like any company or any company in general like this is a ebb and flow and losing customers um 
you know, trust that you can deliver something good is the core of business. And on top of that, like if they're a game developer who are so like loved, like they were probably the most loved company for gamers. And it's like, oh, they fucked up. Oh, man. Like, who do we look up to now? You know, like, like, for example, yeah. everybody knows that the Call of Duty is going to come out next year and it's going to be the same shit like last year. It's Everyone been they've been doing it. it for 20 years. Everybody knows mm. that they know they suck. It is, is what it is. Even the company's like, we know we suck, but here's a game. Good luck. And we know you're going to buy it. <laughs> we know yeah, you're going to buy it. Everyone will buy it. And everybody um, will buy is, it. Uh, with um, the whole cyberpunk selling so well monetarily and doing well for business, and that, I think the two big things that sold that game is the hype before it came out. Everyone was ready to buy that game. Everyone was excited. They'd all pre-ordered it, and, and basically they'd made their money back before it even came out. Right. Uh and Keanu Reeves sold the other half. Yeah, that's it. They, they had that thing. Um, that, You're breathtaking. You know that that it was a meme forever. It's still what a meme. meme. What yeah, a meme. what a meme. And, and yeah, that that helped. And he, I'm sure he helped. And that that was basically his job was to help sell that game. Yes. Um, and he did. And fair play to them. You know, everyone trusted CD Projekt Red because of The Witcher Three, and because of that trust, they all bought into Cyberpunk. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I wish it was a better game than it was because. Um, you know, everyone loves The Witcher 3, even me, you know. Didn't go into that with, you know, open arms, you know, please let me play you Witcher 3. I was, I was a bit hesitant to do mm -hmm. it at first, but I did eventually, and I don't love it. I did really like it, though. Right. But there were two things stopping me from loving that game. Number one was uh, controls were a bit fiddly for me. Mm, yeah. Like, to, I wanted to pick something up behind me. I, I couldn't just turn around and pick it up. I had to sort of, like, do a loop round. Right, in the yeah, room to pick a it weird. up. Right, it's like you hit like then, a candle or something instead. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Roach, the horse. He was the other reason I I didn't like, love that game. But Roach, but is apart Roach, from that, it was a great you know, game. Staying on, you know, he has to stay on top of barn doors sometimes. You know, he's Roach. Right, love it, love it. It is, it. It is what it is. Love it. Yeah, good job, but, Roach. I, yeah, I just I wish Cyberpunk was a better game, but yeah. because like you say, it's not the fact that they didn't do well monetarily. It's the fact that now that that game's come out to the hoo ha that it came out for, um, people aren't going to buy another one. They're not going to buy Cyber. The same people aren't going to buy Cyberpunk two, are they? Yeah, or I'm being very hesitant on the next game I buy from CD Projekt exactly. Red. Very exactly, hesitant. and that's what's hurt them. It's it's more long term damage that it does rather than straight away. They'll make their money back from it, sure. Um, but then it's what happens after that that's going to be the worry. So I'm looking forward to seeing what it is, if I'm being honest with you. Is it going to be The Witcher 4? Do, do we know I yet? No, or? I, don't, I think they're literally buried their heads in the sand trying to fix CD Projekt. Like, they're just trying to fix their reputation and just like, we're going to try. They, they already promised they're going to fix Cyberpunk. And I'm guaranteeing in maybe another year it's going to be a very good game. But for right now, they that, should. Yeah. It's just not. That, it that's wasn't their ready. full time job is patching that game. I mean, new, I mean it could be like a new. Uh, no, um, uh, no Man's Sky came back, free DLC after free d and now it's a whole different game it plays completely different it it looks good it's got a much better reputation and people are starting see, to pick it up again you know but it took the them problem, years see? years I, I just i i was interested in that game when it first me too got announced and everything and now that because it came out to such bad fanfare i, I didn't buy it and now that it's apparently good I'm, I'm, I've, I've lost interest now right i'm not really looking for a game like that anymore no exactly so, it's like we moved on yeah, so they lost a the customer that way, and that's that's the bad thing about releasing games that aren't ready to be released. You know, yeah. back in the day, you'd release a game and you'd buy it for fifty quid or sixty dollars, however however much they cost, brand new. But it was the whole game. You know, before yes. DLC was a thing, before the internet was very big, um, the whole game was in this cartridge or disc, 
and we didn't have to pay anything else. We didn't have to wait for patches or updates or DLC. But now it's like you can totally release a game if it's not ready. If it's half finished, you can release a game if you want. Do the rest later. That's a whole early access debacle, man. I hate it. I literally hate it. Everything about that, I can't stomach. I hate that idea. I'm so old-fashioned and such a boomer in that sense, but my favorite way to buy a game, you know, funnily enough, is to buy a game and not pay for it in stages, not pay for it episodically, not wait for DLC patches to come out and fix it and and finish the game. I want something to, to buy on a shelf that's there ready and that I can play the whole game in. You know, I don't want to have to wait for anything else. I think that's so. where me and you differ a bit because I'm used to playing MMOs. So for me, playing MMOs and um, you're used to it. You're ex- actually you actually expect the next DLC because you're hungry for content because those are supposed to be ever evolving. So I'm used to that content trip. But that's the problem is like since I'm used to it now, I'm a sucker. Like, you know, if a game's like half finished, I'm like all right they'll fix it eventually no worries you know what i mean like mm-hmm. and that's but i think uh the last game like for example i loved valheim i will not go back to valheim because i feel like i had the experience it was an amazing experience it's gonna stay on that shelf as a good experience and we're gonna leave it there like it was amazing speaking of mmos okay can we talk about new world oh oh my okay let me tell you a story okay um let me tell you a story let me tell you a story okay so have you been following the development of new world at all like do you what do you have like a background knowledge do you want me to how do you want to start all all i know all i know is that when it came out for the beta testers it was frying some top-end gpus yep 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 um which really scared me not that i have one of the top-end ones anymore um but it's the fact that it could do that to some that put me off right right Uh, also Also, I never, if I'm ever going to get back into an MMO, I never go in like when it first comes out. Right. I've been watching my friends try to play for the last several days, being stuck in a queue for more than four hours each time. And I'm like, why? Why even get the game if if this is just going to be your experience with it? Right. I'll wait. I'll wait until all that's died down, until they've got more servers, more stability. Apart from that, I don't really know any of the the background. Obviously, I know it's an Amazon game, their first game, and it looks like it's going to be... A pretty big deal for them so i think it's good to explain to listeners and everybody i know this right now it's today is uh it's been out uh, it's the third of october so it's been out for a week or so now uh, about to be a week i guess because it came out last tuesday so it's it, it hasn't even been a week game has not even been out a week um so here's my fun story all right so and this is actually a common story and we're gonna get into this because this is about to get crazy um so i started up i was supposed to be in this big clan with uh if you guys don't know i'm a part of osiris gaming i've talked about this before in the podcast but i'm in a, a big content uh creator group we're just a bunch of good friends and we were all supposed to play in this big server together with like this other big clan and it was gonna be like this big mad dash and this push and we're gonna do a bunch of pvp and we're gonna like we're gonna like no life it basically we're gonna go like straight up world of warcraft classic style like let's go um but then like you said uh i got in day one i was there for a little bit i made my character i got to level 10 on that server when i came back later that night after dealing with all my clients to ready to play bright-eyed bushy-tailed excited four thousand in the queue 28 hour wait time and i was like signing off and i was like okay maybe i'll wait i was like that's what that's what my mindset i was really bummed i was like dude i just want to play with my friends this is crazy um lo and behold i wake up the next day 
And Amazon, luckily, you know, they came out like, hey, mistakes on us. We're going to open up these new servers. I caught that tweet seven minutes after they sent it. And I found a new, I just found a random server. I was like, okay, they're going to do server transfers. We'll transfer. I'll just make a character someone else. I'll play with them whenever this, I can server transfer. It's only day through two. It's fine. No problem. No problem. Um, make the character. And a couple friends jump in and we're all on this server. We're all just kind of, it's like, there's like, I know like five people there. Uh, Dooman, uh, Angry, who's in chat. Uh, my, my buddy ADHD Streaming, he was in there. We were all just hanging out, having a good time. We start this, uh, we're like, you know what? Let's start a guild. Let's start a company. It's called a company. Like, let's start a company. Uh, what should we call it? Oh, we're going to we're gonna do something called Goon Cartel or something with Goon in it. We're going to do the Goonies. We're going to do Goon Squad. We're going to do something with Goon. Just try to be like literally a meme. Like we're just being a meme. Like at this point, we're like, oh, who's going to join the Goon Cartel? This is the dumbest name ever. Um, apparently, 30 people wanted to join immediately. Day in like the first four hours. Um, okay. So I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's getting kind of crazy. And then uh, I wake up the next day. It's 100. And then we play through. We start a second company. I wake up the next day. It's 200. Why? And now we have a third company. We own two territories. We're in a faction war going on tonight. And we're almost at 270. I don't Is know what's happened. Of the name? I don't the name. know. It's got to be the name. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't well, know. So I have... It's turned into this whole political thing where I'm talking with like top leaders of we're in the marauders faction so me and this other top leader of the marauders are talking and we're trying to work out like all right which territory do we take and what are we gonna do and then i've got the other covenant leaders who are reaching out to me like what do you guys want like what do you want like you know we're trying to like it's like this whole political battle and i find myself starting a meme company and now i have got like all these awesome people who were just like me they nobody knows each other we literally just were like server um vagabonds we were supposed to all go play in a different server yet here we are and now nobody wants to leave we're just chilling <laughs> i mean if it works i mean if it works out that way then bro i mean all for the best by the sounds of it so the pull of the game so the the combat is good the pvp is really where it's at that that is that is the draw of the game because the pv the pve side of things is literally just grab quests do quests come back run dungeon yay it's not very good what right what is really crazy about the game is the political faction there's three factions and you all have territories and everybody's trying to get a territory and you also have to defend your territories like today i think we got attacked at like 4 a.m and they're going to declare war war on us in like a couple hours i'm like fuck like, <laughs> we're just trying right. to figure all this out mm. but it's the worst part None of us were play like none of us were prepared for this. We just all jumped in. Like I imagine waking up and you have a full company, and the next day you wake up and there's another company that's also now we have the Goon Cartel, the Goon Buzz, and we started the Goon Nerds. So and we, <laughs> but it's 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 turned into like like um the best way to describe this, and I think you'll resonate with this. Um. You know how games create, they give you the tools, but you create the dynamic moments between yeah. each other through relationships. That's what hmm. this game facilitates. The game systems in itself are not super intricate. The The leveling is easy. The gearing up is pretty easy. The, the, 
the the one thing that everybody's bitching about right now is obviously there's no mounts in the game so walking is a bitch but getting around isn't right. so easy but it, it's like this journey you they create this tool of like this is your journey go do it there's only one main storyline and you can do it or not so it's very skyrim-esque in that sense but it's the relationships you make with all these other people that they it creates this super dynamic thing so story time and that's one story that's how this began that's how we got here all right last night we were being attacked by the syndicate bastards if you're listening all right that was a cheeky move they try to take one of our territories we literally had like a hundred hundred people random people show up as a faction and we stopped them we had a moment last night it was two o'clock in the morning and i couldn't go to bed because we were literally defending our territory and on top of defending, we literally pushed them against a cliff and made them jump off the cliff. Like, like a, <laughs> it was like this like from the movie 300. It was in, it yeah. was the most insane thing. I've, I was like, it's 2.30 in the morning. What is happening right now? Like, it's the most. That sounds good. So it's the those thing is, moments. I, I was just going to say, like, you're saying that PvP is the hook for this particular MMO. I've never really done too much PvP in past MMOs when I used to play them. Mm -hmm. It was all about PvE. I'm now starting to think that's what put me off eventually because most, if not very, very most MMOs, their PvE is very, very similar to each other where it's, you know, it has a, a main storyline to follow, but also there are loads of side quests which are very generic, you know, mm -hmm. go hunt 10 deer, bring yep. back their fur and then you get rewarded. Do this again, but in a higher sort of level area um and so i just got tired of it i got tired of all of that and so i'm thinking if i'm going to come into this mmo which i am looking into doing uh, maybe one day after the queuing system first heard it i used here to be first. big on mmos i used to be really big on mmos that's the thing uh, the last one i played was elder scrolls online and that oh, was yeah that was all right that was, okay. that was all right um but again it's it's you know it had the same similar kind of PvE that every other MMO did. And it's like, that's why I stopped playing that game as well. And it's like, right. do I want to play this new game, New World, um, if it's just going to be the same situation? You know, am I going to stop playing this after a few weeks because it's just reminding me of the reason I stopped playing these games in the first place? But right. if you're saying the reason I should play this is because of PvP... That's something I'm going to have to get used to because I've never really dabbled in the PvP side of MMOs. It's not about the PvP so much as it's about getting together in these large groups to do one thing. Is It's so dynamic and it's so natural. Like, you just get people together and we all just want to have fun. And like, oh, they're attacking us? Fuck them! Everybody meet up. Let's go. Everybody, you could be level 10 or you could be level 30. And how the PvP system works is that you will have a higher advantage if you're level 30. You'll take more damage or you'll have more skills. But the PvP scales. So you can jump in. You could be in the middle of grinding trees and cutting down trees. And then if you, like, something happens and your faction calls, like, Gondor calls for aid, like, everybody just like let's do this oh i feel like pvp and let's go and it's as simple as you hit the u button it turns on it flags you for pvp and you're in it's 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 such a low barrier to entry versus other games like for example world of warcraft is notorious for having like the battleground system and on top of they had arenas later on and in early 
World of Warcraft, open world PvP was kind of the king. And that was the most fun PvP, in my opinion, most fun PvP. This whole game, New World is all open world. There is no there's no battlegrounds. That's not you 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 don't queue up for it. You just show up or you don't. And it's your choice. And I think that's where like the draw of New World, at least for me, that's where the draw is. Because it's like these are player created moments, not scripted, con contained. You must play it this way. The developers are like, go crazy. Like, if they take your territory, y'all should have did something. That's not on us. We're not going to protect you from that. Like, here's the rules. Play within the rules however you want. Make alliances. Do whatever you want. That's on you guys. And I think that's the cool part. I think that's that's the main draw. That's the big one. I, I think if I'm going to go into this game, I'm going to have to... To get the full level of enjoyment, I need to play with people like that I, that I know, maybe. You know, play together. Uh, rather than playing on my own and doing it solo. Because I think, like with most games... Um, that aren't heavily focused just on single player. It's just best to play with other people. Yeah. Like, there's some games that I would just never play unless I'm playing with other people, like Among Us or something shit like that. But, yeah, that's you know that's very similar to this game. Like, you could play solo, but being in a company and feeling like you're a part of a group is really the key. That's really where the the mm. the draw is for this game. Um, yeah, make your own company. Have some fun. You know, like lead, meet the other leaders. You know, I guarantee the the Sammy Crew would be a, an awesome company name. The Sammy Crew, like you, you can get know. all your friends together, and that's that's the fun part. You'll find yourself randomly up until two a.m. doing some random shit, mm. just because it's happening in real time, and you either react or oh, you don't have to either. You can just keep running your dungeons, and that's mm. it. You don't. It, it's a choice, and that's the. That's the awesome part. It's a choice, but all those choices have consequences, you know? Be right back, join the Sammy crew. See? See? Uh-huh. Yeah, see? But um, Osiris Gaming was saying, um, you know, haven't went into the PvP side as well, but it seems to be enough content there for me to enjoy. Uh, and Sammy Dwarfy, I guess that's your nickname, uh, wants to go nope. into dungeons with a couple of us PvE in that case. Yeah, so there's you can do... We've got people in the company that just like crafting. We have people in the company who just like the leveling. You know, they don't want to do PvP. Or if they want to break the monotony, they will do PvP. You know, or some people only want to do PvP. So it's not like, again, choices. You know, it's it's. I all guess choices. I could give it a shot. I'm, I'm still not going to be doing it now because of this queuing stuff. I'm going to wait a little bit at least. But, you know, I guess I could give it a shot. Also, uh, just to clarify, Dwarfy is another user in my server who's oh, actually playing New okay. World. <laughs> okay, I thought it was your nickname. No I was like, Sammy Dwarfy, what? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, Sammy's real name is Fluffy. Okay, you're the Fluffy crew. That's right. Okay, uh, my apologies. I've been corrected in chat. So, <laughs> and that's on the internet that. now. So, sorry, He's never drop that. There's people in. Uh, we have people, listeners. Uh, we're actually getting big in India. Hello, India. How are you guys doing? You guys should come to the uh, the live show sometime. Come hang out. <laughs> it's awesome. Thanks for listening. Um, but um, yeah, I think I think the draw of that, but. I see a lot of parallels with Valheim in New World. And I think that's another thing. Um, you choose a direction and th that direction has good things and consequences. And I think that's what the the draw is in this game. And I think people go into this game think it's going to be like a World of Warcraft, you know, tab targeting, 
and stuff like that. I think they're missing out. I think they need to join, like get involved with the faction, like get involved with what's going on with the faction, how things are progressing, how, you know, what the, what the next move is as a faction. You get drawn in very quickly. You go from not really giving a shit about a faction to like, oh, I have to care because I need to buy, we need to buy this place. And the only way we're going to buy that place is either we buy it with money. So we need to all band together or, you know, we're going to, craft and we're gonna we're gonna have to go to war you know there's only two ways around it so it's kind of I like i want to ask i want to ask you uh where you think this is going to rank but in the list the mountain of mmos that you've played in your past where do you think this will sit do you think it'll sit top three or do you see it somewhere being in the middle do you think it's going to be more successful than world of warcraft if that's okay, ever so going to happen let's let's address a wow killer because i've actually thought about this for a long time because there's a uh, oh, okay. in the mmo world as you know you're an mmo person um or you have played mmos in the past there's always been for ever since world of warcraft came out there's been this thing called the wow killer which is basically for yep. listeners if you don't know mm-hmm. games that come out that are supposed to replace world of warcraft yep. right never happened never happens because wow is it's own beast right they've always had these subscribers and everything um um hold on patrick i appreciate the lurk man thank you so much um so there's always these kind of like these games that come out that people think are gonna replace it and i think that's kind of unfair um it's like a it's so subjective like if you liked if say you loved eso well that's your wow killer Right. It's not maybe it's not going to beat them monetarily. Like, for example, there's a lot of people who are saying that Final Fantasy 14 right now is the wow killer because they have more subscriptions. They have more players. So they've technically beat wow, but wow still in the spotlight. So for the people playing and interested in Final Fantasy 14, it is a wow killer because people who make the jump from wow don't want to play wow anymore. But the people who still love wow there is no wow killer it's so it's super subjective so that whole term i don't think there ever i don't think there ever be a wow killer there's there's been so many games in the past that were supposed to be this wow killer right when i was waiting for a long long time for guild wars 2 to come out yes everyone was saying that's the wow killer oh this is gonna be the wow killer so of course it isn't of course (laughs) it was never gonna be the wow killer no it's it's supposed to be its own thing i think so that's a big roundabout way of saying i think that for me new world is easily in the top two i think personally world of warcraft classic was probably the pinnacle of my mmo career because it was so much fun um at the time and it's probably because of nostalgia a little bit quite honestly uh because i was younger it was the first like big mmo i've ever played i played lineage 2 before that so i i I had played mmos before then but it was Mm. you know it wasn't world of warcraft because nobody had world of warcraft like that you know it was so new and so intricate and so detailed and so interesting um but new world feels like an open world valheim with pvp and a a built-in political system that you have control of and it's completely unique in that sense and i think it will some people will love it and some people will not because if i think people were making a big mistake if they jump in and don't get social and they think they're just going to play wow and then get to the end game alone you're missing out on 80 percent of the interactions that you should have along the way that will will facilitate a better gameplay experience. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. kind of crazy. People kind of miss that. I think being social is what makes this game 
really shine. And if you just get on and play some, if I got on and I just did quests and I just chopped trees and I just crafted and sold shit and ran a dungeon and got off, I'd be bored in a week. But because like last night I was going to get on, like you, this is a dynamic moment. Like last night I was going to get on, I was going to grind. We have a war we're going to prepare for, but syndicates started to attack us. We're like, well, we're not going to let this happen. And then we attacked back and three hours later, it's 2 a.m. And we're kicking them off of ledges. And I'm like, what happened? I, I had a plan coming in here. What happened? Like, <laughs> like but though that does not happen in World of Warcraft. It's like, be there for the raid night. You know, we're going to we're going to grind battlegrounds for PvP rank to get new gear. Like, it's a very unique. It's just its own thing. But New World is, I think, way more dynamic in that sense. Um because of the faction system and the like the political stuff. So I think to me, to me saying all of that, it's top two for me easily. I like, remember it's got to be, it's got to be at least six months ago. You did a stream that I was watching and you were asking your viewers to tell you MMO games and you would search them up on YouTube and have a look at them. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling you about one of the first ever MMOs that I ever played and is apparently the very first one in existence called the realm online which is the realm online what is this it's basically a glorified chat room it's the, the <laughs> graphics are like look like they're from ms paint um there's barely anything to do on it apart from walk around kill a few monsters turn base style and then chat and that's basically all right. you do in the game okay. but i loved it because it was such a new thing back then right like, imagine going into a game where there's like hundreds of people playing the same game and they're there where you are and you can talk to them in real time and i was sold on just that concept alone yes. and i think nowadays i'm just too fussy because there's too many options out there now right right and some a lot of the really really high budget games are free and like it's like i could just play it for two weeks and get bored of it because there's another one I can try instead. And right. Yeah. But back then, like, it was very, very much a new thing, these MMOs and that. And then, obviously, RuneScape, the very first RuneScape yep. that came out. Yep. The Massive. It was a browser game, so it was yeah. even more accessible was, than There was, was only four games. servers back then like, yep. not when, when I started playing on it, because it was brand new. RuneScape was... came out with um, uh, EverQuest, right? I think it was very close. Right? close. Like right I never there. actually played EverQuest. Yeah, uh, but I did play RuneScape a lot. But it was it was so. Look at the graphics now, and, and the original version does exist still. You can still play the original version. Right. You can even play it on mobile. Um, but back then, it was just like it was massive. Like, yeah, this is a big deal. Like this is a lot of games are going to do this now. A lot we're going to have a lot more games like this going. You could tell it was going to take off. Yeah, um, more servers started arriving, more quests, loads of people. Too many people were playing this game now. And then other games started to, to spawn off that as well. And then I then I got into Fantasy Star Online. And oh, okay. Well, give me so that we've kind of already done this, but give me a background a little bit for the listeners on uh, what what was the draw for gaming for you? Why not weaving or for gaming, or why not I don't know basketball, or why not you know pottery? I don't know reading that's that's something i've not tried yet and okay. i'll always try everything once uh, you heard it for, here for first listeners. folks if he tries yes, pottery i will gone. try everything he, once he, he will, um, <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't going that direction <laughs> but all right yeah you were yes we do basketball in england jen although you'd never get me on a team because i'm way too short yeah me too to play basketball <laughs> 
Um, but I started playing video games when I, I... I don't know how old I was, that's the thing, but I, my first experience was... Um, first major experience was opening a Christmas present, a joint Christmas present with my brother, mm -hmm. um, which turned out to be the NES. Right. And we both opened it together, and he was really excited about this. Like he, he about this present. He was a few. He's a few years older than me. Okay. So he's been at school, and I hadn't. He's got friends who have this thing, so he knew what this was. Right. But I didn't know what this was. So I was just really excited because he was. Right, right. You didn't um, know what you were doing. Then, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're brilliant. Whatever this is, let's just let's, let's, let's use it somehow. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we... Is there an on button? Or... <laughs> we take it apart? Or do we kick it? Yeah, what what's we happening do? here? Yeah. <laughs> and then we like um, hooked it up to our 14-inch screen, um, um, which was a color TV, um, and then started playing this game called Super Mario Bros. Yep. And that was my first real experience of a video game, and I was hooked. Like within an instant, I was hooked on this game, um, and so it just started. That's when it really started, and I'm still playing games like that today with with 2D platformers. And yeah, it never really leaves. Like, I find it hard to say goodbye to stuff. You know, I get attached to stuff really emotionally, like uh, for a long time. And so games like that, and which is why I've always been a Nintendo fan as well since right. day one. I'll always, I've had every single Nintendo home console. I'll always get them. My son is now another reason for me to keep getting them because he's a bigger fan than I ever was, if I'm being honest with you. Right. Um, that's good. And now they got that's Sammy Part Two. Sa Sammy Junior. Sammy Sammy J Junior. Sammy um, J Junior coming coming to Twitch in in about, I don't know how many years. <laughs> he was on Twitch. He was on Twitch the other day. He, he was part of my chatting se section for at least half an hour, and he, he wants to do it all the time now. So that's yeah. good. Um, but no, it's that's where it started. I think I was about four years old or something. I, I don't really know. But ever since then, um, I just got more and more into it. I eventually bought, started buying my own consoles yep. with the PS1, PS2. I had a Sega Dreamcast. Um, I've got a PS3 here. I've had every Nintendo console. I've had the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, Nintendo DS, Game Boy Advance. Um, I've had pretty much all of them. Right. Um, but it just carried on and carried on and got into streaming, what, two and a half years ago, three years right. maybe. So um, what um and... what was like your out of all of the time that you've gamed, man, like what was your like number one most cherished memory with gaming? Like what can you draw back to on like the second I say that, what what is the first thing that popped into your head? First thing that popped into my head when you said that is the SNES. I still favor that console out of every single console I've ever owned. I think when you think of how big that game was back then and how like still good the graphics look today, how how well they hold up today, better than the N64 and PlayStation because they're like they they went 3D, right. which are really blocky and jagged and look ugly and horrible, but then the SNES, the SNES with the sprites and that still look good today yeah and a lot of indie developers are, are, are basing their games around them kind of graphics today and yes that's they are another reason why they still hold up um but apart from that the super nintendo was the golden era of every single developer wanting to be on that console that's like, true they were everyone was bringing their games there you had every single kind of game under the sun was on that console yeah, like all the so many RPGs. games came over too yeah like yeah. tons like, and tons like of them. games like grandia like all them kind of our games you had all the sports games on there you had all you had doom on there you had a version of doom on there yep you had um 
games trying to push for 3D, like the the very first Star Fox game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on there. You had uh, platformers killing it. You had Super Mario World. You had one of my favorite Zelda games. My very first ever experience with Zelda was on that game, and Zelda is now my favorite franchise in the history. Yep. Um, you literally had everything on there, and the controller as well was just, you know, it, it invented shoulder buttons. Yes, it which did. Which is something everyone overlooks all the time. It's yep. like, where did that start? That is the console it started on. Yeah. Like, before then it was like a, like a I remember it was like a like a like a pad almost. Well you had you had the NES before that, which yep. was just the two buttons, D pad and start and select. It yep. had nothing on the shoulders and it was rectangular, not very comfortable. Yep. Uh the S C N E S was curved, was it was way more comfortable, had the shoulder buttons, worked well with games like Street Fighter 2 because you had six button uh six moves to pull off, you had three light uh three punches and three kicks, and you had six buttons, whereas the Sega Genesis as you call it, Mega Drive that we call it, yep. only had three buttons on their controller. And to differentiate between punching and kicking, you had to press the start button, <laughs> which is why they eventually came out with a six-button control pad to right. match that of the Super Nintendo. Um, but that was the golden era of, of, of gaming for me, the whole war between Sega Mega Drive and Nintendo, Super Nintendo. You had the adverts, commercials that were slagging each other off. Yes, you know, they Sega were. does what Nintendo don't and stuff like that. Yep. And it was just, oh, man, nostalgia is massive. And all the games that were so big back then um, that, that still carry on their still franchises today. Yeah. Still have franchises Look today at, because of it. I know Final Fantasy and that started on the NES and, and before the SNES, but they really picked up the pace on the SNES. And, you know, we had other games like that, like Chrono Trigger, for example, yep. which is huge. And RPGs became massive on the SNES, and so did basically every other kind of game. Like yeah. Every other genre was was huge on, on that system. And so that's why when you ask me what's my biggest highlight of gaming, I'd say that that era, the whole era when of I was gaming. a kid in, in the 90s playing on the Super Nintendo, because I pretty much enjoyed every single game that I had then. And yep. There was no internet. There were no like there was no YouTube, no like internet reviews, video reviews to watch of games. You no, know, what shall I buy? I'll, I'll stick a quick review on and see if it's any good. You had to rely on your instincts, looking at the back of a box if you're going to go and rent it, because renting video games yes. in a shop was a thing back then. Yes, it was. Uh, blockbuster and, and yep. stuff like that. People don't remember. People forget about that. I'm like, you know, I know. Like, why I did know. you pick a game me. back then? It's like we got a blockbuster. Try. You can only play it for two days. You had to come back. I know. You only had two days. It, you, you, yeah. you made the most of it. Even if it was a bad game, that's yeah. what you're stuck with. So yeah. you make the most of it. And yeah. we always did. Like, we always had a fun time, me and my brother. Even if it's like a game that's technically bad, we right. made the most of it and played it to its full because that is the choice we had. We, we rented this game, we chose this one, and we played it and made the most of it. Exactly. Magazines were big. You know, magazines were big back then, you know. And uh, if you wanted to see a review of a game, you'd, you'd open up N Power or. Yep. or whatever magazine you're into that those days and they were so fun uh to get these magazines and they'd have tips in there and how to how to win at games and stuff and there was even phone lines like if you got stuck in a game you'd phone up a phone number and someone on the other end would tell you how to get through a certain puzzle or something yes they had um they had they they sold these giant packets player guides like people don't realize like so at the time dungeon and dragons were out for player guides but then they started making video game like guides i remember buying some and sometimes you buy a guy come a guide and it would come with um a demo and you're like oh no it's a new game they came with a demo like i remember remember that like the open the little sliver came out with a little demo pack that's how i got into uh what was it um 
Command and Conquer Commando. That's oh, because wow. it came in as a demo. And I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. I'll like, tell you what. Demo discs, because I used to get the, when I had the PS1, uh, we used, me and my brother would always get the magazine every month that come out. Can't remember the name of it, but it would always come with a demo disc of like half a dozen uh, different demos to try. Yep. I absolutely love those demos. So demo much discs. fun, dude. Like, there's, oh, there's so many on there as well. Like I can't remember enjoying a game as much as Anna Kornikova's Smash Court Tennis as, as, as that demo right? sometimes. And like the demo of Roll Cage or something. Like these games I would never play. Yep. Like, I would never think of playing those games back then. But it's a demo. But th those demo it's... discs made me play them and, and made me appreciate games that I would never normally look into. So yep. I used to love them so much. My biggest. Honestly. I think when I first got into gaming, I, I also, I played same thing. I played Super Nintendo. I did all the, everything, right? I started with uh, uh, Mario. I did, I remember when Mortal Kombat first came out and it was like crazy. I was like, oh, I used to play this in the arcade. It's home. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. You're like, you know, go that over to my friend's house. Deal. Yeah. Like, dude, you go over to your friend's house. You guys be able to play together. Like, whoa, I can't believe we're doing this. Like, you know, yeah. we're at home. You don't have to go to the <laughs> arcade. What is happening? Like, it was crazy. People don't realize, like, how big that really was. Um, that was huge. Oh, it was giant, man. Um, but I think the big thing that got me into gaming the most was actually, believe it or not, Blockbuster, trying different games. And the PS1 for me was really when I was like, oh, Oh, there's like whole storylines. Like, remember they had like the four disc packs of RPGs. Yes. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII was one of them. Yes, it was. Uh, bad experience. Uh, me and my brother got through the first two discs, and the third disc wouldn't work. Oh no! Yikes. We bought it secondhand as well, so we couldn't really do anything about it. Nah. So oh, I remember man. I went to my dad's house one day, and we went to Best Buy, and uh, I picked up this random game. Again, like we talked about, you look at the back, and like, what is this story about? I've never heard this Legend of Dragoon. Like, mm. um, which lost the battle versus, of course, Final Fantasy VII, because Final Fantasy VII was out at the same time. And obviously, it's a great game. It's one of the best yeah. RPGs ever. Um, but Legend of Dragoon was like this big four disc, like giant, like CD pack like this. I was like, ooh, it's got four disc in this. What is this game? Right. And that mm. I remember playing that game like grind. It was the first game I ever grind, like had a grind. I was like, I can't beat this boss. I need to go kill things for like three hours, level up my characters and then come back. It was one of those games that like got me into it. It was like insanely got me into it insanely. But after that, I was hooked. I was hooked. Like I was just, I had played games before I played, you know, Pokemon and I had played all these other games, but when PS1 came out, like um with with Legend of Dragoon, that was that's all she wrote. That was all she wrote, man. Um PS1 that, is, is another example of, you know, every single developer and their dog getting involved on that console. Uh, at that point it was we had N64 yep. and PlayStation 1. I think was, was Dreamcast that era or was that the one after that? Next or era. Dreamcast. No, it was Saturn was the one prior. So, uh, Dreamcast was um, it was Game Boy that came out that time. So it was the N64 and it was Game Boy that came big. And then yeah, but Pokemon that, that's and all that. It's still Nintendo, but it was literally just Nintendo and PS4 because the Xbox wasn't even around or even wasn't even teased yet at that point when that first yeah. came well, out. The two, and, two big ones were PS1 and N64, and yes. I had the N64, but then I eventually sold it for a PS1. Right. Um, and the, the PS1 was another case of like you know because it's the first ever sort of disc-based you know console. That's why a lot of developers were jumping on that because it's cheaper to develop for and easier to develop on. But um, and you have that's better another... graphics. Like PS One, I think, still had amazing graphics compared. I don't to think the... they were. But I personally, I think N sixty four. You think it beat them? 
What do you think, chat? <laughs> yeah, chat. What do you guys think? I think N64 or PS1. <laughs> I think, uh, dude, I think uh, PS1 one. had better graphics, it, but uh, I think the N64 had more style. Like, Nintendo has a very unique style. Like, games that come out in Nintendo have a very unique colorful characterized style like like zelda like zelda from the 64 was like obviously one of the best biggest games of all time ocarina of oh, time of came favorite. out it was one giant um but i just remember playing that game and then you go to a game like final fantasy 7 which is dark and grimy and it was a little pixelated obviously everything was but it felt like at the time it was so ahead of its time yeah, at the time. Well, the reason the no. reason we got a PS One instead was because there was way more variation on there. You know, there were way more games, way more choices, just way more everything. Um, and that's you know that's the point I was getting across was the fact that the PS One just had reminded me of the SNES a little bit because that had everything on it as well, and the PS One just had so much. And that transitioned really well into the PS2, which I think is still the, the highest selling console of all time. I think so. Like, yeah, in terms of numbers. Oh no, numbers. I think uh, the Switch has taken that now. It hasn't. It hasn't. Oh, we'll have to no. look that up. We'll look no that way. up later. I, th- I think. I, don't, I think the Switch by the end of the year, they're saying, will have outpaced the Wii. But mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I think the yet. Wii. The Wii was okay, but obviously not the best. I mean, the Wii had its moments. I guess we could say. The Wii, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a Wii. I, I, you know, I stuck by it. But the thing is, looking back at it, it's like it was just a. A cash in for a for a a fad, you know. Yeah, it was know, the latest fashion. It was the like, Wii oh, bowling. Okay yeah, like everyone wanted to do Wii Wii Sports. I was like, I'm good. I'm gonna go play oh, my mate. RPGs because at the time, like, <laughs> so that's my first. This is the weird part too. My my first. So I I really got into PC games because my stepdad at the time he um he got into PC games and he started he started playing Warcraft, you know Warcraft two. I got really into RTS games. Like we, then we jumped so over Red I. Alert, played uh, Red Alert Tiberian Sun, Red Alert oh, 2, Yuri's Red Revenge. Red Alert 2 was my favorite. Yeah, Red Alert 2 was amazing. I played uh, StarCraft. We played StarCraft online on dial-up. I was like, oh my god, Like this is we're playing against another person. They're not a, they're not a computer. Yeah. Like It was so insane, oh. dude. Warcraft 3 was a big one for me. Yeah, I played a lot of warcraft 3 i played the original um, dota when it was just a mod for warcraft oh, yeah. 3 yeah like when you can play as a character we're like holy shit like we can play as a character we're, we're not it, controlling just a, a thing sa- do you think it's a bit sad how rts is a, a kind of um i don't want to say a dead genre but they're not big anymore no that, you I had don't... loads back then back in the 90s early 2000s they were my that was my favorite starcraft 2 or starcraft in general still had some of the highest selling numbers of all time any esports event ever in korea yeah ever but we won't get another company do it like mm-hmm. we won't get as as much as we used to get like we won't get a new kozix game or a new nope. we get we're getting new age of empires which is awesome well we're getting a but... remake of a new of an age of empires but we're also getting Age of Empires 4, aren't we? Which is supposed new, to be new yeah. game. I think so, like remember like Age of Mythology and stuff like that? Like yeah. they had like a bunch of offshoot ones too that were interesting. I think mm. those games, I don't think RTS games have gone away. I think they've changed. Like um, I think with the popularity of Civ, Civ is still technically an RTS game, but in a different yeah. style. That style of game, like uh Endless Space came out. Um, I think it just became more real time in a different sense. Like uh, Stellaris was big for a long time, but a lot of, it it just it morphed into what they call like four X games. Um, you know what those are? Like they're like uh, the four the four X's it's supposed to do. It's like I don't know what they're called. And they're like 
populate something like that it's basically like um you're micromanaging giant armies across a giant gotcha. span you know like there's mm -hmm. politics involved and there's uh, all sorts of craziness so i think it just got more in depth i don't think rts right. games are i don't think the easy like the easily played rts is no longer like mm. i don't like there's not going to be a starcraft 3 you uh, know i don't think there's they're not, if they come out with warcraft it's gonna be a remake and they already did the remake of warcraft 3 and it was like they did. a giant they flop did. yeah it was terrible yeah Ugh. It's, it's a shame it's a shame because you, you know there was i went through a phase of trying to collect all of them every single rts game and there, there were too many like but now uh games that are being made today i could probably quite easily you know unless it's games that no one's ever heard of but games that are sort of in a bit of spotlight i could probably quite easily count on one hand maybe which is a real shame. What, what are the games that are, what rts games are coming out and it's probably it's speaking of the thing we're talking about today it's probably going to be an indie game developer at this point there's maybe. no big there's not going to be a big developer i don't think that's going to jump into making a new rts like we're not going to see mm. ea make an rts apart from obviously age of empires 4 and that's probably the only one yeah, obviously that's a Microsoft game. That's a Microsoft like, game. Yeah, that's it's just kind of it's an IP, and I think I think they're doing it quite honestly, kind of like Disney. Like if they don't do something with the IP, I think they just lose the IP. So they're just making something. We I mean, had um, we had uh, the Red Alerts come out, didn't we? The, the remake of the Red Alert remakes games. came out. So uh, do you and know they weren't very good? I heard. No. <laughs> do you know what? So you know about the copyright laws, right? You know why Disney keeps making movies about all these old things. It's not Why because they're doing it for a new generation. It's because their copyright is going to run out. There's a time limit on each copyright right. and gotcha. each piece yeah. of intellectual property. They have to continuously show they're doing something with that intellectual property or it goes to the public. Disney's not going to lose their favorite characters. They'd rather make a shitty movie and lose millions of dollars than actually lose the rights to like Snow White. You know what I'm saying? That's why there was a new Snow White. That's why there's a new everything. Like that's why it's the age of remakes. It's because the time limit has almost run out on the movies being made. So I think the but, same thing is true it, for it gives gaming. Some content going forward, though, doesn't it? You know, at least yeah. they, they know what they have to make in a few years' time because they basically. So it's. I think the same thing is being true for games, though. I mean, quite honestly, how many remake games have we seen come out recently? Especially for developers who have been around for a very long time. If you don't continue to do something with Warcraft. You're going to lose Warcraft. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll make a remake. All right. You know, like, here here we go. We're going to redo it, it resell it, does, it. It does feel like we've had a bit of an age of remakes recently. Diablo like. 2, remake. You know, mm -hmm. Warcraft 3, remake. Command & Conquer, remake. Age of Empires, remake. Even they're coming up with a new Halo because, like, they've been, people have been playing Halo and they've been updating. 343's been, in, been updating the game. They've... You know, I'm a big Halo fan, obviously, you know, and I think everybody knows this at this point. I have a Halo Master Chief helmet right behind me because of reasons. Um, but I think even they, like, I think there's there's not a lot of... Um... Personally to me, I think a lot of the creativity is now coming from indie developers. I don't... Th I think the ships are too big to, to steer into a new direction. Like, it's very hard, like... And why would they? Look at CD Projekt Red. Beloved by everybody has fallen from grace. Why would another game company like Activision or EA or Microsoft, why would they want to take a risk on a new game when they can just remake an old one, make money yeah. hand over fist? Yeah, they got investors, I, I see, you know? I, I see the business, um, you know, caps being put on behind it. And that's, I understand that, but it's like, you can't bank on a, a company like CD Projekt Red to make a different kind of game that's a lot smaller, unless it was a, a new sort of, company within their company like yeah 
an offshoot development team doing it for them, but because there's too much anticipation on them games. It's the same as um, who are they called Rockstar. Yeah. If they, if they make a different game that's not GTA or Red Dead, everyone will be like, Where's "What is GTA? this?" <laughs> yeah. At this point, you're, it's like a it's like a band. Like nobody goes to see the Rolling Stones and want to hear their new shit. Like, go play the old stuff. What are you guys doing here? This is why I yeah. bought these tickets. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they've been around since the 70s, but everybody just wants to hear the same old hits. Like, some companies get so big that it's just, it's hard. To, I, I can understand, personally, I know I'm being kind of an asshole about it, but I can understand why they're stuck in their, their rut. Like, I, I totally get it. Like, yeah. they, you know, that that's what made them big in the first place, and that's right. why they're still big, because people are buying them products off them. It's a massive risk, like especially today, if you make something else, because it could be completely a complete flop. A hundred percent. It it won't sell. You know, if Nintendo make a, a new IP uh, that's not Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Star Fox, one of their IP, and it doesn't do as well, we probably won't see it again. Yeah. So it's, you've, you've got to be lucky sometimes, but also like I do want to see. I I love to see new IPs, and I love it when a big company takes that stab. Take know, a risk. Take that stab. Take a risk and and gets involved because. It can't just be indie developers doing it. You do have they do have to follow suit from the leaders, you know, they have to lead by example sometimes. We can't just, you know, put our eggs in the indie developers basket because they don't have the money that bigger companies have, you know. They're the ones that have got to show you how it's done and and lead with that authority and, and you know, well, it, sometimes they do, you know, you right. do get, you know, Cyberpunk was a, a new thing. At least they tried something new. It's not yes. another Witcher. Yes. But it, it it failed miserably, but they they it's a new IP. Yeah. Know? So it does still happen, but it's just, yeah. Why it's so here's, a here's a great point. And it's, it's kind of off topic from indie games and whatnot, but um, on the, on the, the, the feel of, of, of companies buying smaller companies, like in the same vein, do you like, we remember we were just talking about the like Nintendo. We had a couple big game developers. We all are big game companies, but we had a lot of game developers. Like there's hundreds of small teams. Like Blizzard started out as a 20 man team. You know what I mean? Like everybody was just a small team of like really, really passionate people making a game. And a lot of people don't realize though, back then, a lot of games did not do well. It's not like every game back then was a nostalgia hit. Like there's a ton of shitty games that, that no yeah. name games that came out that nobody touched because it was just mm-hmm. like super unheard of and it wasn't popular. It wasn't in the magazines. It wasn't in that, you know, it wasn't, it was such a culture back then of like under, it was so very underground. So if a game was shit, it'd be in a bat, it would be in a magazine and nobody would touch it. You know, it was like, because not a lot of people were gamers back then. Now it's super mm-hmm. mainstream. Right. Uh, but because of that, now we have we went from all of these publishers, all of these game devs to basically for the five big ones and everybody else falls in line somewhere underneath those five. But people, I guess what I'm getting at is like, how do you feel about the industry of of or the business of people like eating up these smaller companies? Do you think it's good for development? Do you think it's bad? Like, what are your what are your thoughts? It could go in different directions. This one, you see, like we were talking about how when indie games become not indie anymore and it's because their game becomes so big their team gets bigger because their next project has to be bigger than their previous one so they need more people on on board all of a sudden they're a much bigger company getting published by an even bigger company and so now it's not an indie anymore but that's that's that team with one dream you might have another development team who don't want to do that it might just be like two or three people that make a few games for a laugh Right. And for some reason it becomes successful. 
You might have, um, I don't know how many people are involved in Yacht Club games, but they made the game Shovel Knight. You ever heard of that? Mm-mm. Well, Shovel Knight is was massive on the indie scene. One of the, it was it took the indie world by storm when it came out. It's it's basically you're a knight and your weapon is a shovel and it's a two D side scroller. Okay. And um, you have a shovel. You might have that direction. And they are not exactly expanding, but they made a bunch of Shovel Knight games. But their new game coming out is a bit like kind of reminds me of Candy Crush, but in the in in the style of yeah, I was a bit like weird. Who wants that? But the other side of looking at that is the fact that they're diversifying their IP. Right. You know, they make uh, Shovel Knight in this amazing platformer game, but also they're now branching out into a different direction. They're not getting any bigger. They're not growing. They're staying as their team, but they're starting to diversify their IP. Mm. And I think that's a good idea. You know, we love the Shovel Knight games, but we do want to see something else. What else can you do? Well, you know, since you don't really know anything about us apart from that one game, we'll make a game involving Shovel Knight, but it's going to be a different game. Right. Who knows what we're going to do next time? It's a different you know? style. Like, so yeah, they get yeah. stuck in like a like a like a rut, like a constant Call of Duty rut. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I don't even know uh, if any other like, games Activision. Uh, well, at the time, yeah, it is Activision. I mean, they're supposed they have Blizzard, but they have a whole section just for Call of Duty, and that's pretty much it. I don't know of any other games that they're developing outside of Call I, of Duty. I have no idea. And to be honest with you, the lawsuits that they're facing right oh, now, I, I think it's probably best that they don't. I think it's best that they kind of don't be so blasé about their projects right now. Jeez. I think you know, give it some time. Release your Call of Duty and your whatever Blizzard's doing right now. Yes. And, and it's just, a mess. You know, try and keep as quiet as they can for 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 the foreseeable future. We have another podcast um, I made about that, where it's kind of went on. I went on a little bit of a rant when it first came out, and it was, that was our podcast, um, like a special podcast. Where I do some, I sometimes do solo podcasts just to kind of like, oh, this is in the news right now. Let's talk about this, right? And uh, yeah. man, if you read through the documentation, it is wild what is going on in that lawsuit. Oh, it's it crazy. is oh, just cr- oh, it's insane. The thing, the thing is. It's not just them. It's not just Blizzard Activision. This is this has happened in several uh, develop like gaming companies, like within several companies that yeah. develop games or to do with games, and it's really, really, really giving the industry a bad stigma. Yeah. Like, is this just something you know? If you want to work for a game developer and you're a female, is this just something you have to expect, or they shouldn't have to? Like this no. is just somewhere that they're, they're passionate about working in. You know. Why do we have to have this stigma around, you know, the game development industry having these these, these kind of issues? Because unfortunately, it's not just this one. You know, it's happened no. a lot in the past. There was Gamergate before now. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's happening now in multiple different companies. And it's just, it's horrible because I, I can't help but think this is this is the kind of industry that gaming is. Like, went to work with that's that's the worst part i made this analogy when i was saying i was like imagine being a female spending your entire life growing up playing video games going to college to play to learn game development and learning and coding and and taking the time to actually turn your passion into a career um only to show up at the doors of Activision Blizzard and be stuck as an intern doing work for somebody who wants to play Call of Duty all day and then will like make comments at you or go on that. The worst thing I read was that they went on cubicle crawls at work yeah. where they would yeah. drink at random kids, walk to cubicles and take like shots and drink it and then hit on all the, the female employees. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like imagine 
It's crazy. You spent your whole life it's, in this passion. I've never heard, I've never heard of this before. It's like, the I've never heard of anything in any in any industry in any kind of work. No. Like, that's insane. How how can they get away with stuff like this? But they were. They were uh, for years. For years that they makes, were. That, that that leads me to think that it wasn't just employees or staff members. That it was actually like people of management. Are it's a hundred percent culture shit. related. This is like years of this shit. And thank you for that follow, Charlie's. I appreciate you. Um, no, it's it's insane to me. Like reading through the documentation of what happened to the women during that is beyond insane and they'd be passed up for promotions because um one quote and this is this is what sticks out in my brain oh we thought you might like being a mom more and i was like what the fuck wow that was one of the quotes that's why you passed her up for a promotion because you thought she liked being a mom more and not want to work like what did you even say to that oh my what god does anyone say to that that's just oh, i don't know it baffles me. It literally really baffles me. And yeah. Did they, have they settled? I think they've settled on a on a payment, a, a eighteen million or something at this point. I, I don't know. I can't remember. I but don't I know. just yeah. The thing is, that's it's, it's pittance. It's pocket money for them. Oh, for but, them, they're in billions. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, they're going to have to live with this for years. That's going to be attached to them forever. Yeah, hundred percent. Forever, I would 100%. say. Like it, it, at least the whole of my lifetime. I have been. A that's going to be attached to them. I agree with you. I think yeah. I've been a giant proponent of having a game union for a long time. Some people, if some people are not for unions, some are against unions. But one thing when I deep dive, I, so originally it's kind of story time again for me. I, um, I wanted to start like a, like a, like a not a gaming company, but I want to start like almost like a game bar type thing where it was like a land center slash bar slash like fun place for like local people to get together and do local tournaments and like all that stuff. So I did a lot of research into a lot of this stuff, but learning about this, it really made me angry because there's like these things called sprints where like game developers will be paid the same, but we expect to work sometimes 90 to a hundred hours and for two months straight at the very end of the, they sleep in their car on a couch and just sprint this game out on top of that. They're being underpaid. They don't not going up for the amount of work that they're doing, working overtime, dealing with this, obviously Gamergate and all this crazy shit. There's no, it's just like a f frat club. It, it, the thing that pisses me off the most thing about this whole thing is like, Where's the passion? Where's where's the passion in these big companies? Like you can see the passion in de developers. You can see the the handcrafted love and attention to detail and the focus on the passion of the game where these big developers have lost it. I mean, Blizzard, I was a Blizzard fan for fucking years. It was devastating for me because I played Warcraft, I played Starcraft, I I played Diablo, I played World of Warcraft. I've played There was a time where Blizzard couldn't do anything wrong. Seriously. Like, everything they they, they touched it was gold. gold. They had the Midas effect. Yeah, and absolutely. They couldn't do anything wrong. But now it's it's just so surprising how that, that can completely do a one eighty. Like, oh, not even a one eighty. These guys they shot themselves in the leg, foot, hand, mm. mouth, everything. They just they just decided to jump in a, a pile of glass. They just just enroll in it and laugh. And it's crazy to me how far his company has fallen. So going back to I think game unions, for example, having a union for workers in the game industry to get employment not based on gender race and it's it's you know getting fair equal pay getting working hours that are livable you know and agreed upon not these sprints that are harmful to their health and their family life like it's there there's no work life balance in the industry on top of the harassment on top of underpaid on top of 
you know, even if you do it. all that work, your game might be shit because your higher ups think it's a good idea, but you're just the developer trying to keep your job. Like it's, you know, oh, it's, there yeah. shouldn't be that. If you can't do the sprint, it's not because you're not a good, you're not passionate. That's not a good way of, it's not a good business model. And that's not good for the gaming industry in general. Like just games, period. Like it's just not good for anybody. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. it almost just doesn't, it, just, it doesn't seem worth it. Like if that's like, how do people sell to you, uh, like, if you want to work for a game developer? It's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, you love video games. You've got the passion for it. But it's like, that's great. But, like, what am I going to be sort of jumping into? What sort yeah. of lion's den am I going to be heading towards, you know? Yeah. All these sprints that you talk about, that's that's not worth it. Like, it's not. If, for the pay that you'll be getting, it's not worth it. As well as the harassment, why bother? Like, why? I'll just find work somewhere else. I, I Fine. think, quite honestly, though, I think it's like a pendulum. Like, it started out as an indie game passion, and it created great works of art and great games and great experiences. Those developers banded together to make these giant companies, and they started fucking up. I mean, look at the state of all these giant games, especially at Blizzard. The quality across the board is shit. Um, and, and Activision in general, Call of Duty. There's not really a lot of good big developers who are making really good big games right now. Let's be honest. Other than Amazon's a new development pro. I mean, this is their fifth go at a game. It's their first MMO ever. But Amazon Games came out with a hit, finally. Finally. They came out with a hit. And it's it's a good game. And so... I think, I think there's some exceptions. If you don't mind me jumping there. in there. Yeah, jump in. What, think, do you, think, what do you think is a good big development game that's come out recently? Well, I think as much as I pissed all over Rockstar earlier, I don't think they've made a bad game ever, yeah. personally. That's true. Um, their latest being Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a smash hit, uh, bigger than their first one. It's true. Uh, GTA 5 just still con continues to sell bucket loads, comes out on every console. Yes. Even new consoles are getting them. PS5 is yep. getting a version of GTA 5. But the next GTA, I'd like to wager, is going to be bigger and better, and, and people are going to lap that up too. Yeah. Um, that's true. As much as I, as much as I can fault Nintendo for their decisions, should we say, they still come out with some bangers as well. You have Mario Odyssey in this generation. You have uh, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was an amazing game. It's my favorite game. Yeah, really? It's like hands down, it's my yeah, my favorite game. Favorite game ever. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, Before dude. that was Ocarina of Time back in when that came out oh, in 1998. Man. Okay, right so... up the way till 2017. Yeah, so it was a big, big game, like a really fun game. All right, all right. Um, so as much as I knock their decisions, they they still come out with some big big ones. Obviously, the new Metroid game coming out as well, and Breath of the Wild two coming out. Yep, well, yep. Obviously. Uh, let, let's who else? <laughs> Somebody um, said in chat the uh, Rockstar's next game is going to be terrible. It's it's called Sammy Simulator. Honest, okay. So I, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't advise I wouldn't, anyone to buy, buy it either. It. You wouldn't buy it. No, no, don't even rent it. Don't even download <laughs> the demo. Don't even go to Blockbuster for that. <laughs> um, but there are there are companies that have really sort of changed a lot. Yeah. And I don't like Sega, for example. I, I know they're not a, you know, a. Um, they're not really in the limelight anymore. They're not a uh, a console developer, a hardware developer anymore. They're, yeah. they're purely software now, and that's I understand that. That's fine because you know they had to contend with bigger and better consoles that were more successful and yep. couldn't. But oh, they they moved a lot of their stuff to mobile. Like Sonic is appearing everywhere now. You know, if if he's not looking terrible in movies, he's he's now on on mobile Sonic Rush or whatever it's called. Right. And, 
before that we had really really great sonic games like all the sonic games on the mega drive were good we had sonic cd after that we had um sonic adventure on the on the dreamcast yep criminally underrated in today's standard but they were really good yeah we have had a couple of good ones since then you know sonic colors or um mania but where's the where's the sega that we used to love you know bringing out fantasy star online or right skies of arcadia or, or the decent sonic games where, where where's that company gone i want to see that passion brought back to today's standard yeah i and, think and that other companies i'm sure are doing the same i think that the age of the mmo is finally coming back it's been a 12 to 13 year drought. Um, the hype, I mean, if, if anybody can remember, when World of Warcraft first came out, every game developer wanted to make an MMO. Everybody. E everybody. And literally everybody wanted to make an MMO. There was MMOs that no one's ever heard of. It was just, just everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Um, and then it's just been a drought ever since it's just they're like okay it's final fantasy it's wow it's guild wars 2 it's eso pick one of those four that's what you get every other one has just been a cash grab most of the they're called korean mmos were very much like money driven like lost ark was the last big one to be developed uh but again cash grab is what it is um so now it's kind of cool that MMOs are kind of on the up, you know, like there's uh, Ashes of Creation, which was, you know, built. Um, I've been following that development forever, but that was paid for in total um, by backers on Kickstarter. It was the biggest Kickstarter game of all time because it's an MMO of passionate people who just need the money to make it work, you know, and they're building out this whole thing. Um, but and we've got New World coming out and we've got some new, you know, Ash the Creations next. And there's some other big ones that are in development that are going to be coming from like big, big developers that are taking different routes, like more of the leisure route, more like some uh, Stardew Valley-esque MMOs, which was going to be interesting. So there's like, they're kind of getting more creative with MMOs, but I've seen first person shooters kind of go down now. I mean, with Call of Duty, just literally copy paste. Well, obviously Warzone was giant monetarily and everybody and their mother played it, but hackers have ruined that game for their reputation is crap. Like you can't play a game without a hacker and that doesn't make sense. And people are okay with it. I'm like, I wouldn't play a game with like, that's crazy. Like I, I come from Halo. There's, there's maybe there's a hacker potentially like here and there, but not like every game you play. It's like, a hacker. It's insane. Yeah, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more. If, even though I'm not a fan of competitive shooters, I, I think they're starting to take a bit more of a limelight now yeah like before when it went when it was just call of duty or battle battlefield it was just them two and, and nothing else but now we're getting more stuff like split gate yes and halo's making a, a resurgence yeah stuff like that so Finally. i'm hoping we're going to see more variety in in that form as well because that might get me involved because i'm not into call of duty or battlefield yeah you know yeah well, yeah, Just Battlefield's finally coming back. They, they I mean, they, that, speaking of game developers who have really hit the nail on the head, uh, Battlefield 1 was good, but it wasn't great. And Battlefield 5 was not very good at all. And I don't, I don't The only one I ever liked was the, the very original one, which was Battlefield 1942. That was a good one, too. Absolutely loved it. I loved that game yep. so much. But after that, it all became about experience points. Yep. And that's where I sort of lost interest yep that's very well that's why halo does so well it's called an arena shooter style where you there is no you just you just play you know like the guns spawn the same spot it's a skill base it's just skill based gameplay yeah. you know i think there's a need for that now i think the market has gone too far to 
get experience to unlock this gun. This gun's going to give you this kind of advantage. Like, it's very Destiny-esque where you have to run this dungeon to try and get this role because this role is going to be good for this. It's like mm. that that um, that gotcha style of gaming. And they've meshed that into into like this this um this weird thing that's why i love playing halo because it's like the same guns spawn the same spot in the same map that you've played a hundred times and you, if you're skilled enough you can get it first and if you get it first you're going to have the advantage but you got to get there and it's skill based there's no like that person on that team ran a dungeon 30 times got a perfect roll and now he's going to wreck you across the map and there's not much you can do about it it's like sweet Sweet, sweet. That's cool. That's fun. All right. <laughs> cool. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. Like, like I said, I, I want to get involved in these kind of games, but I, it's, I'm waiting for the moment. You know, I looked into Splitgate. Yeah. I'm not a massive fan of the whole portal thing. I, so, didn't, I didn't like it either, Kraus. Can I be honest? No. So I, I'm, I'm still waiting, but I know it's coming. I can see that people are more people are trying to make these kind of games. So yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for that one. Maybe New World will be the one where I come back to MMOs. I would Maybe say try it. And uh, Cyrus was saying oh, what's kind of going on with Ashes of Creation. So Ashes of Creation development, I um, think they're still in closed alpha. Uh, I think it's alpha 2. The one thing I will say about Ashes of Creation I don't like is they sell these massive packs to play the game. They've, and it's like, I'm talking money, like $500 for a master pack. And you, every month they come out with new skins. It just, it kind of seems like a cash grab at this point. So I'm kind of, I haven't bought anything into Ashes yet because I don't, like it's it's just not my style of how they're doing monetary but i get they're an indie company they need to raise money so that's neither here nor there but development wise they are getting a lot of traction of building a a good mixture between a turn-based game and a uh action combat they're kind of very much in the middle of both um open world expansive factions you know everything that we want to see from an mmo but they're just doing it in indie style so it's taking longer for development but they are at least in alpha and people have played it and big streamers have played it so it's it looks like it's a real game it looks like it's going to be a good game it's just we're going to see what the development's going to look like i mean it's still too early to tell i think at this point i don't think they've released a full map um they have it they have sections of the map that aren't there yet targeting is still weird so it's still far away but um it's good to see that there's there's pressure as as WoW falls from the top, other games are rising. Final Fantasies again this month saw the most amount of subscriptions and active players it's ever seen. Just keeps going up and up and up. I mean, it's been out for years. You know, it's kind of crazy how they keep continuously getting better and better. Um, yeah, because they they that game didn't come out to the biggest. Um, it it was so fan, bad it? they had to yeah. remake the game into a Realm Reborn. Do you remember um, that? I remember, I remember it coming out and everyone was like, nah, this this is Final, not, a good, not a good game. Final Fantasy XIV came out. They made it very similar to Final Fantasy XI online, where it was very turn-based and great crack, because Final Fantasy XI did so well. They're like, oh, we'll make it an updated graphic version of this, basically. No. They completely missed the turn. They just, they just missed it 100%. And even the lead, like the CEO of the company is like, we're going to fix this. They went back to the drawing board. They sent their um, developers to go play World of Warcraft and say, hey, what works here? Bring this into this game right now. Really? They reset. They literally had literally what they called a world ending event in Final Fantasy 14 and then giant update and the whole game just reset graphically art like everything 
they just reset. That's quite a cool way to do everything. it. Yeah, they just blew up the world. There's literally, if you go to YouTube, type in Final Fantasy 14 last day. They had like this big event where like the sky darkened. They literally destroyed the world. They literally destroyed the that's world. And it was cool. reborn, that's, that's, a realm that's reborn. That's a cool way to do it. Fair, if you're going to mess up, that is, I think that's why people love Final Fantasy 14 because the developers gave a shit enough to like, hey, we, we messed up here. We're going to fix this. Yeah. We're going to do everything yeah. in our power to make this a better game. And the the community's like okay you know and we'll trust you and they started they made a great game they're like all right we're going to continue this path let's keep going let's well keep getting better. I, I mean they they had to make a game that's going to last a long time yeah like, with with an mmo like look how long final fantasy 11 went on for and it's still yes. going isn't it I, 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 still I going so still yeah going. final fantasy 14 has got those shoes to live in and those yes. big shoes to fill so they can't if they fucked up, they have to fix it. Otherwise, it will not last that long. So oh, yeah. it's, it's something they definitely had to do. But I'm glad they did it in a way, in the way that they did it, the way that you explained. Because it was that's a, a genius marketing move. It's it's basically them saying, okay, all right, you're right, we were wrong. This isn't a good thing to do. Let's actually physically destroy everything you see, and we'll make it reborn. And that's a really it know, was fair genius. It was really fair good, and it just it, it really solidified. If we're talking trust in companies, it solidified the trust in the company that buyers had in the company because they saw there's a problem they had a solution they had a plan a year later comes back out a realm reborn they they come out on the ps4 they come out on pc it's a giant hit and continues to be a giant hit while world of warcraft kept making the same mistakes over and over again not listening to their community making implementations doing all the craziness that they're doing now obviously what that they've been doing um Focusing more on monetary stuff like the pay to win with the gold system and the coin system. So Osiris actually, uh, Cyrus brought up something good. Um, so Ashes of Creation is very similar to Star Citizen because uh, Star Citizen is notorious uh, for paying too much money for bundles, like buying ships for like ten thousand dollars. You know? I know. Um, yeah. This is this is that game. Is it? Right, same okay. thing. Same thing. That game has been in development for ten years. It's still not properly properly out, is it? It's not really. Still not out. People are paying tens of thousands of dollars for a ship. Oh God! It's still oh. not out. Still, oh, I don't know. And Silver Is said, that, "That's go ahead. it's got to be the worst example of like we were talking about how I don't like paying for unfinished games." This is the and, that's the know, worst one. I remember when Far Cry Four. I think it was four got announced and everyone was buying the like the the game the season pass for it yep. and all we saw of this game by that point was a screenshot of the enemy we we saw no gameplay know what it looks like we didn't know anything about the storyline and people are just spending all this money on this game that they yep. have no clue about and I thought that was bad but now we're getting people spending thousands of dollars thousands on ships <laughs> or whatever it is and, and yeah. this game isn't even out yet no. it's like come on guys it's, oh, it's, it's mad it's, it's insane they hired like mark hamill to star in this thing called squadron 42 that's not even in development anymore so they paid all this money so it's basically just a a game of mismanaged money both in game and in real life like it's just a mismanaged game and i think they're just kind of living it's called rsi industries i think they're just pretty much living off of it at this point like they're just i don't know i i stayed maybe, i stay maybe away it'll from never games. come out I don't maybe think it will. never come out. That's this, my, is their, this is their life. <laughs> I think that's my thought with Ashes of Creation because they do keep coming out with these alphas and they say they have a plan, but then 
they turn around and if you go to their website right now, they have a bundle that's $550 to buy some skins to become, to get and get some game time and you can play the game. And it's like, they, but they do it every month. Like I would get, if you had a founder's pack and it was the same founder's pack and it's like, Hey, support us. We'll get you in. Come test it with us. Let's hang out. Here's pay 80 bucks. Let's go. You got to help development and let's, you can help us with the alpha, but no, every single month they got to sell a new bundle with new skins. This is the new skin of the month. Don't, you know, it's that FOMO. I can't stand that FOMO. I can't fear of missing out. God, I cannot stand games that do that, man. Like, I, I had to get off the Destiny 2 grind because of that. I, and I called it. When I played Destiny 1, the second they included the cash shop, I was like, this is going to go real bad very quickly. And in three years, it went real bad really quickly. Because, like, they came with Destiny 2, and they had the cash shop. And they did it where it was seasonal based, but you couldn't get items from the prior season. So the FOMO was real. You, they felt like you had to buy it or you weren't going to get that item and you weren't going to look a certain way. And literally the end game is like fashion in that game. Like you can mm. run your content, but how cool do you look? Like that's like the whole thing in that game, like getting the best roles and looking the coolest, you know? And so people, they create this FOMO system of like, come play the season or you're never going to get this item again. It's like, Oh, just, I'm good. Like, get me off this treadmill, dude. Let me just play the game, you know? Like, mm. I don't want to deal with that. How do you feel yeah. about FOMO? Do you play games that make you feel like that at all? No. I, like I, I think I told you before we even started uh, the stream, is I find it very difficult to get addicted to anything. Right. Like, or, and I think FOMO comes goes hand in hand with kind of a, like getting addicted to stuff because... Uh-huh. You're addicted to that that, that you're missing out on, and yep. you, that you know that rush that that brings. I, I find it very hard to get addicted to anything, even outside of gaming. Like I smoked for several years, like mm-hmm. when I was 16 up until I was 21. Uh, I could always just stop, and then I started, and then stopped, and started, and stopped. Uh, the last time I actually restarted was um, several years ago, and I found it harder to stop then. Right. So I thought, well, when I when I do stop, I can't start again. Yeah, then, then Man, at that point, it's done. Yeah, but I, I I consider myself very lucky, if I'm being honest with you, that I don't get addicted to anything like that. Like because if I was addicted to say um, loot boxes, for example, then I wouldn't be able to feed my children. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I consider myself really lucky that I, I never have any fear of missing out or or anything like that. I don't get addicted to anything. It's like I'm very much. Um, if I see something I like, I will play it usually to the end of it, and then we move on to something else. Right. I don't care that they're going to do an update next month. I'm probably not going to play it because I'm done with it. Like right. I might do, but uh, you know, it depends on the hook. Depends on if if I see it worth it. But I'll, I'll never, I'm never a first time adopter either. Yeah, I'll never get a game that's brand new. I think the the most recent game that I bought that was brand new was um wasn't even brand new, but it, it came out uh, Doom Eternal when it came out. I think last year. Right. I got I got that game that year in December, but it come out that year, so earlier in the year, and that's probably the most recent game that I've bought. That that's a game that come out the same year that I bought it. Right. Other than that, all the games I buy are always later on down the line, or you know, when I got Hollow Knight, it was three pounds with all the DLC, and and that lasted me eight months on stream. Probably the best investment I've ever bought there for my go. streaming. Yeah. If I'm being honest with you, and considering like some of the people I met through that, I met Jen. Who we see in chat today through streaming that game yeah she's one of the biggest hollow knight fans in the world um and she's now a mod there you <laughs> she's go. now uh she's now i've uh, been subbed to my channel for nine months or something dang and, 
a mod in my channel. So it's not just, you know, invest. You know, it's not just an investment that way. But I, I met genuine people from that who are yeah. very close to me now. And yeah. so, um, and that wasn't the first time adop adoption. That was that was very very. It was a 2017 game. Yeah. But I got it later on down the line. Not addicted to the rush of buying new games. Not addicted to the fear of missing out. I I just if I see it and like it, I'll, I'll probably buy it. Probably won't play it then, but I'll play it later on. But yeah. I consider myself very lucky to be like that, you know, because that's a lot of people fall into that very easily. A lot of people well, are still can, in that. And we can that. laugh about it, but at the end of the day, it, it can be a very serious, like one hundred percent bad thing to have. Very bad. Like children getting are, are, are getting hold of the, their parents' credit cards because they want to get the new loot box in FIFA. Yeah, yeah. The gamble. Yes. That's gambling. I don't care how EA dress it up and say that it isn't gambling. It's gambling. 100%. You're paying money and you don't know what you're getting back. That's yes. Gambling. Yes. I can't believe they came out and said, that's not gambling. It's a it's an in-game feature for for potential content. It's like, what they, are you talking about? They say about? it's not gambling yeah. because in actual gambling, you may not get any money back. Yeah. You may lose it all. But with, with this, you at least get something from this loot right. box. So that's why they're saying it's not gambling. That's what they were saying. But it's gambling. Yeah. It's gambling. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. but there's no two ways about it. You don't know what you're getting. 100. percent You don't is. know. It seems. Can, same thing. How can anyone endorse gambling? Oh wait a minute, your channel. Uh, dumb uh, man has just gambled twenty thousand points. These are fake points. This is like uh, whose line is it anyways? <laughs> and he okay. lost them. Yeah. He lost them as well. <laughs> this is like whose line is it anyways? All right. This is uh, <laughs> these are all fake points. The points don't matter, you know. But it's always fun to try and have the most. Good luck. You <laughs> know. Um, uh, they say that you your only addiction is your hair moose. Yeah. Um, right, who said that? Uh, who said that? Who you think? Who you think? Oh wow, wow! Right for the record, I don't want to have to say this, but I feel like I'm going to have to say it at least once. I don't use hair mousse, and for some reason, it's become a thing on my channel. Everyone thinks there's nothing in my hair. Look, look how spongy that is. There's nothing in my hair. And now we can move on. Oh, no. um, Cyrus is uh, talking about Star Citizen. Is like. You know, you can play with the starter bundle, which is $30, and you can play uh, what they have done with, like, the space games, also play Elite, and many other ways it feels like um, StarCraft has better than Elite. Oh, um, Star Citizen is better than Elite in certain areas, plus for the record, part of the game for Mark Hamill is still meant to be coming out. Okay, great. Uh, so it's really coming out. It's officially supposed to be coming out. I think, uh, Cyrus, one thing that Sammy just mentioned is really important, though. It's the addiction to trying to be and do things better and get nicer things and have a chance and save your money and get the nicest, biggest, baddest ship. You know, this game will come out. We swear. It's that kind of like, you, we, you know, what they know what they're doing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? They know they're not even going to sell a lot of $10,000 ships, but they know that somebody will. Yeah. They know somebody will. Because just like there's gambling yeah. addicts, there's people and who want the nicest things and they will pay money the for thing, it. The thing is, like, if they released the game and they may not get as many people buy them ships because the, the people that are buying them uh, are, are preparing for when the main game's out. What if the main game isn't as good as what they thought it was? They, then they're not going to buy that ship after it comes out. Yep. So that's why they're able to sell some because it's that it's the, the curiosity of preparing by buying the best thing i'm going to be the best player when it comes out because no one knows what it is yet yep. it's not properly released you can play it obviously but it's not been properly released yet that's why i think they're able to sell more of these 
$10,000 ships than they may have been able to do if it was already out, if that makes sense. We see the because... same problem in the cryptocurrency market. People try and mm -hmm. jump in with thousands of their dollars into these yeah. coins that somebody made in their basement last Thursday, but they think it's going to be the biggest thing. It's the, it's the, I was there first. I was, I was, there's people who always pay into being a first adopter, early adopter. Of, oh, so look, Star Citizen's huge. There's millions of people, and I've been here since the beginning. Look at my thirty thousand mm. dollars ship. You could only get it during the uh, the pre-alpha. Sorry, you missed out. Like it mm. builds into that addiction style of FOMO leads to this. You know, like I think Sammy, I think you're right on this one. And Star Citizen, I just don't like the business tactic of like if your game is so big and so expansive that you need to sell ten thousand dollars ships. Like that in its of itself is a problem. Like by itself that shows that your game either you tone down the graphics you you you, you slighten the scope a bit it's been 10 years in development and they're still selling ten thousand dollar ships it doesn't make it's, any sense it actually scares me if i'm being honest with you yeah like, how companies are able to do this how, how they're able to pull off these ways of being able to sell their in-game products for as much as they're selling and we don't even have a full game yet and, and the game's been in development for, for as long as that it's like it's really scary that yeah. people, that A, people have the money to do that in the first place, or B, they're willing to part with it for, for something 100%. like this. Well, one I'm thing really I've, scared about that. One thing I've, I've learned about being a business owner is that some people will pay what they think it's worth. And some people do have lots of disposable income. And I feel like some companies prey upon that because they can. You know, they know it. Like, Austin, we're talking about Star Citizen. We're about to talk about Destiny 2. For all of Destiny 2's and Destiny's faults, um, they are master marketers. I cannot, I, I am envious of their marketing strategy. It is fantastic. They create, they're so story driven that they've built their story into their marketing, which allows them to bring people back season after season to get back on the hamster wheel again and again. And again, no matter what, I was on that hamster wheel for four years from Destiny 1 into Destiny 2. I played like crazy. And eventually I like looked back. I was like, what am I doing? I've got, you know, like, I'm like, why do I keep coming back here? I'm not really having fun. Why am I? And like, it's the hype. They just build the hype. And then they, they, they're, they're geniuses when it comes to marketing. And they're so good. And that's the prop. That's, that's a red flag. Like for me, that's a red flag. If your game is good, it doesn't need the marketing. But again, like for example, people forget this fact. When Destiny 1 came out, they had it was touted as a uh, $500 million game. $350 million of that was marketing. Imagine that marketing budget worldwide. Mm -hmm. $350 million leading up just in spent in that in first investment, they made back 500,000, 500 million dollars back in the first two weeks. So they made their money back. So they spent the money. That was their investment. The game was shit when it first came out. It had, it was unique. It was different. It was good for what it was, but let's be honest. There wasn't a lot to do in the game. Once you got to a certain point, there wasn't a lot to do. And I cleared like the, the storyline in the first night. Like literally, it was done. I was like, okay, what do I, what do I do now? Like, what do I pay for? I've been waiting four years for this. What is this? Like, what am I doing here? Like, it took me, it took me fourteen hours. What's happening right now? Oh dear, that's crazy. <laughs> but they're master marketers, and I think same thing. Um, I feel like Ashes of Creation is doing the same thing. They're kind of using that hype to like, hey, nudge nudge, we got these packs over here, help support us. But the game's been in development 
for seven years you know like 10 years and also, also cyberpunk we've, we've spoken about that the reason why that sold so well was because of the the hype that the game surrounded yes uh, before it came out the, the advertisement the marketing um keanu reeves you know all of that helped sell it but then the game was trash when it came out doesn't matter at that point because they'd already sold yes. that amount because of how it was marketed before yes and that's it's going to hurt them long term like we've already talked about this but yeah. it's, it's another it's another example of what you're saying really uh, it's more of the same and i think that the business model of nowadays they've found a way to make money like apex is a prime example free to play game but of course you want to look good buy these loot boxes we're going to give you a few you know, as you level up and give you a couple boxes here and there, kind of get you in there. Maybe you're going to, you might get an heirloom. You might, oh, you might look sweet. But some people just buy a hundred packs. You know, they'll spend $500. I've, I've never bought a single loot box in a game. I bought some, not going to lie. I've I bought never some. bought a single one and I couldn't be happier about it, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I bought a couple because. Literally couldn't be happier. <laughs> I bought a few for games that I wanted to see do well, but that was the reasoning. It wasn't like. I think I bought it for like um, I always buy starter. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna like give money to a company, I'm not gonna actually do the loot box thing. I'm gonna focus more on like something I can actually I know what I'm buying. If I'm gonna like like uh, MMOs for example, uh, for New World I bought um, I paid like 15 bucks or whatever for um, some coins to get some stuff for the for the for the guild and like uh, a cool looking shield and i was like cool i love this game i'm putting i've put in like 55 hours already i'm like i want to support this it's i paid 30 bucks here's an extra 15 i'm still not paying full price for a game that i've put this much time into i'm like that's a fair trade to me but if they came out with loot boxes to try and get stuff i'd be like nope like nope nope i'm good like no. tell me what i'm buying you know mm. if i like what you're doing i'll buy it but if i don't i don't want to deal with it man um, yeah i've just i've never i've never seen the pull i've never seen the pull of loot boxes being able to enhance the gameplay experience for me surely it doesn't really does it if you get a decent like piece of equipment from one or you know that leads to having a better gun than you had before well that's awesome for about 40 minutes until you need another one Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's like well, this it's not that important to me. Like it's it's not really gonna change how I feel about the game if I get a better thing from this loot box. Yes. I've never seen the pool, you know, and I'd, I'd like people you. to challenge me about it. I'd like people to say you, you're missing out on loot boxes because of this. I'd love it. I'd love to hear someone challenge me on that, but I don't think I'll ever see the the reasonings behind buying so many or getting involved in loot boxes yes. or I I just can't see it personally and I hope I hope I stay that way. No, I agree with you, man. I, I don't, I, uh, for me, man, I, I want nothing but the best for these companies that, that I don't want to see people not making video games. I think that making money in the video game industry, this is not a, I don't think you're saying the same thing. I don't think we're, this is not an attack on people making money off of video games whatsoever. No. And if loot boxes is the way to go, but go on, go on. Like Fortnite made all of its money off loot boxes. Literally it was a free to play game. So I mean, it's just what it is, you know, like it just, well, I mean, one thing I kind of like is how we get things nowadays like Game Pass. Yeah. Maybe I that's the future. That. Maybe that's that's how we play video games in the future. Yeah. We don't buy them individually anymore. We pay a, um, a monthly fee and we get this amount of choices to play, just like yeah. Game Pass or PlayStation and stuff like that. Maybe that, you know, I don't mind that. I yeah. think that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's actually quite good because we get 
such a big list of games we can now play over 100 i think on game pass which changes all the time yes monthly yes, yes. um and it's more affordable because i'm only paying eight pounds a month yes I, i'm absolutely fine with that that's brilliant and mm-hmm. that, that just opens the door for a lot more people to play more games that they can't afford because they don't want to fork out 60 dollars 50 Every... pound, 40 pounds for yeah. a single game mm-hmm. you know so I, I love that idea but it's have that as your full game don't don't then once we're in <laughs> don't tell me i have to buy all these loot boxes to actually enjoy that game because right. i'm out basically yeah. i'm out that's crazy so we're coming to the end man but i wanted to before we do anything i have to know there's a top 10 list i'm gonna bring us over here to display real quick okay i need to see what you you think about this top 10 list okay they say the best indie games on this list the Binding of Isaac Rebirth, yay or so nay? This is this this is going. Um, the number one is the best, and as we go down the list, yeah, they, it they just get goes gradually. That's lost. exactly it. Yep. Uh, Binding of Isaac is brilliant. Is it's, it? Would it be oh number God, one for you? Not for me, but okay, okay. I I understand why it's number one for a lot of people. It's always had such a following as well. Yeah. Like there's there's plenty of people streaming this game still. The the story behind it very dark. Okay. Very dark. When, like you fight enemies with your tears. Oh Jesus! <laughs> in this game, that, that's how dark this game is. Um, but yeah, I understand why it would be number one. It wouldn't be number one for me. Uh, I, I'm very, very confused why Stardew Valley is not in that top ten or Hollow Knight. Right. Absolutely baffling. Yes. Um, okay, that's why I wanted to bring right it up because I was reading this list and as you were t- we were talking, I was like, oh, none of these games. Whose list is this anyway? None Just of these of games are on this list. What is Who, this? Whose list is this? <laughs> it says is culturedvultures.com. We're best indie games of all time list. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who they are, but they are about um, to get. So Fury, Jen wants have to you burn played it as Fury? Well. I have burned the I've list. I've got Fury. I've got Fury. Um, yeah, Hollow Knight on down the I, list. I, I like Fury. Uh-huh. I think that's a cool game. Like it's it's like a a, a beat 'em up style. Not not beat 'em up, but you you're like you've got a sword. Yeah. And you do loads of like abilities. You can deflect weapons. You got um, a like gun as well. It's roguelike thing, right? No. Not really. What is it like? Not just really. A, just a uh, it's, RPG. It's basically, there's a, no. It's it's basically top down. Okay. And you see your character. And you move them around, and loads of enemies come out. It's, it's, it's actually more of a boss rush type of game. Ah, uh, okay, I see. And see, a I boss see. comes out, and he has lots of different phases, like three or four phases each time. And there's Got about it. six or seven levels. Not a very big game, but it is, it's fun. Definitely not in the top two. Right. I, I, I wouldn't put it in the top ten, if I'm being honest, but it's a very, it's still a good game. Yeah. I still enjoy it. I've never even heard of this one, Braid. What is Braid? Braid was, was big um, when that first came out, which I think was back on the 360. Okay. Uh, I haven't actually, actually ever played it, but yeah, um, it it does look good. I think it's a two D platformer okay. type game. Um, they said uh, next up is super hot. I know that's the VR one. I haven't played it. I don't play. I don't play VR games. I, I can't. My my eyes and head can't handle VR. Yeah. Sadly, I played. Um, I did play some mini game type games, which were kind of fun, you know, with a bow and arrow and stuff. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. But then I played The Forest. Have you ever heard of that game? Oh yeah. <laughs> played that in VR, and like the first scene in that game is like a plane crash or something, and I nearly felt sick. Oh no! So I was like, no, not playing this game. <laughs> I'm I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, um, not for me. Um, so I've never played Super Hot. So Super Hot, I, I've heard of Hot. So on this list, I've heard of obviously um, Binding of Isaac. Heard that Super Hot, 
Hotline Miami, I've heard of. Firewatch, I've yeah. heard of. Super Meat mm-hmm. Boy, I never played. But oh, then Bastion yeah. is one of my favorites, personally. I love Bast- Bastion. Bastion. Bastion looks good. I've never played that. Super Meat Boy was something I very, very nearly came close to streaming one day. It's right. like a, another 2D platformer where I'm- you're a slab of meat and you have to jump oh. over loads of grinders and chainsaws and stuff. And it's really hard, apparently. Like, right. Celeste style hard. So I um, found number 25, Stardew Valley. And look at Hollow Knight, number 28, Jen. Uh, what are you saying about 128, that? 128. <laughs> number 28. Number 28. Uh, we have to write an email to these yeah, guys. Yeah, this is. Tell them to up their game a little bit. Uh, Dead Rocket Cells, League? Rocket League. Rocket League. 24. Rocket League. Apparently. That's a, that's an, it an indie it. game. Uh-huh. Do we really say that? He Do said really Rocket League, game? number 24, beating Stardew Valley and Hollow Knight. Outlast. All right, out. No, sorry. This is not a real list. Outlast. <laughs> Surely you can't put that in that flipping list. Come on. They have the forest on here. They have Cuphead at the bottom. Oh, Cuphead's no, at the silly. bottom. Cuphead is very good. Celeste is on there at 35. Silly. Hades at 46. Yeah, Hades 46. Almost got game of the year. I almost got game of the year last yeah. year against all, all the big games. Oh, and my they're God. They're saying it's the 46. It's number best 46. Indie game. Oh, my Lord. This is a terrible list. I I'm don't really see, sorry. I don't know. I didn't, this is why I want to bring this list up because I was like, I don't know what this is all about, man. Um, that's that deserves to get higher as well. Um, I don't see Subnautica on here. Isn't Subnautica an indie game? Possibly. I'd say technically it is, yes. I think that probably is. Oh, it, no, it's number 38. Here it game. is. There it is, number, yeah, 38. It's number 38. Yeah, there we go. Loads of people love that game. So I'm sure people would. Oh, yeah, I got a friend of mine. Not... Um, He's also re- Scott Spot. He's he's actually playing it right now. He's actually playing Subnautica right now as we speak. And he's a. Uh... Darkest Dungeon, number 31. That I should saw be in the top that... five for I me. I saw that was like a crazy. That's like a crazy turn based RPG, right? Like very I'm cartoonish. It's, it's sort of it's sort of cartoonish, but dark cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, like dark, dark style. I've seen like the videos for oh, it. I love it. I'm <laughs> thinking of doing it again. DJ Panda Playing says, "Why they do Cuphead like that?" <laughs> <laughs> also, hi Cozzy, nice to see you, mate. It did him so dirty. Rocket League, fuck yeah! I mean, I guess I it's... can't believe this. I oh, can't believe this. Okay, so right, let's. Papers Please is meant to be really... I've got Papers, Papers Please, Please, but that... I heard that was that decent. That looks really good. I've got it, but not played it yet. Yeah, uh, I've heard that one was good. The Stanley Shovel Parable... Shovel Knight 23. Come on. 23. Yep. I heard uh, Stanley Parable is supposed to be good, too. Yeah. I can't believe dungeon, you've done this. That, that's pretty big. Yeah. Don't Starve, right? I literally... the classic. I've seen people stream... Didn't you stream Don't Starve for a while? Have you tried uh, it streamed, on stream? I streamed Don't Starve two once one okay. time with a friend i think um, i remember that. Yeah. that that's quite good I, I don't really have any comment on yeah on you know i think 17 might be fair f- so what that. would your so, list so well before, done before we go what's your top five then let's just talk top five I, let's talk I, it hollow knight would be in there okay you'd have um i'd probably have celeste in there celeste uh stardew valley would be in there okay um i'd probably have everybody get your pitchforks get ready I might get Wargroove. I might put that in there as Never well. Never heard of that one. Wargroove is a bit like, um, oh, what do they call that game on the on the DS? Advance Wars. It's mm. like a turn-based, like tactical kind of game. Oh, uh, okay. Mm. Uh, and what else for rounding up the top five? I'm gonna actually look in my Steam library because this needs to be done correctly. We need, we need the fifth one. Everybody, get your yeah, pitchforks ready. This, this... Get ready to uh, take a, a clip. Use oh, no, against it's him. Be, it's, 
Oh, it's got to be Hades. Sorry, yeah, it's got to be Hades. Uh, Hades, Hades okay, top five. Okay, all right, we're not going to oh, pitch you. We're, we're not going to burn, burn you at the stake just yet. We're, we're good. Oh, I don't think now. I mentioned Darkest Dungeon, so actually that might take Wargroove's place. Mm. There's actually loads. There's actually so I know, many, it's you know, hard. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> Uh, 100% it's Psyonix was originally a company that made supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. The what? what you've five... never, you've, you talk about Rocket League. They say Rocket League is just supersonic acrobatic rocket powered battle cars. That is a name it's right basically there. It. Yeah, I can't believe I said basically... that without stuttering. That is it. Um, yeah, uh, you're right. I, I I played the demo of that supersonic blah blah blah, and blah, blah, Rocket blah. League is 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 what came from that game. And right, it's basically the souped up version of that now. That makes sense. Um, and yeah, that that was an interesting when it first came about. Like we're, we're playing football, soccer, right? Um, with cars, giant football, and it's, yeah, that was a great idea. And I'm I'm glad they capitalized on it, and it's still going. But it's still going. They have tournaments. And I, would, everything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't stick that in that list. I would not stick that game in that no, list at all. It's giant it's too now, too. Yeah, it's too big. It's too big. That. yeah. That's true. All right, man. Well, we gotta start wrapping things up, man. So, where can people find you? Where can people see you stream? Where well, Where are you making too, content? But... <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, you, you can see me usually on a Sunday. Uh, UK time 8 p.m. Not tonight though, because I'm here. Yeah, but sorry. Uh, Sunday and Tuesday 8 p.m. UK time, and every other Friday. Uh, also, I'm still trying to get the hang of YouTube. I'm still making content there. Still not got the hang of it, or know what I'm doing, or what I'm supposed to be doing on there. But I'm still doing that as well. There you go. Um, or you can find me on Twitter, uh, Sammy J underscore one two three four or something. Um, best just to follow my uh, my Twitter, my sorry, my Twitch link, which you've very nicely put in your chat there. Absolutely. You can find all my socials from there. I'm also on Instagram for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no idea really why, but I'm there too. AKA, um, everybody who's listening, your your main objective, twitch.tv forward slash Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y-J underscore G-D. Go follow him. Check out all the socials. Follow him everywhere, man. You can find his schedule there. You can find him everywhere. He's an amazing content creator. And what's the next game you're playing? Uh, well, I'm still getting through Dead Space on Tuesdays because we're doing horror games on Tuesdays. Okay. Sundays, we're doing Ori and The Will of the Wisps, but I'm very close to the end on both of them games. So we'll be swapping them out for two games, which I know I know what them games are going to be, but uh, I'm not ready to say what they are just yet. Being very hush-hush about it for the time being. Very hush-hush. <laughs> yeah. And guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. You guys can please find us everywhere. We're Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are on it. You can also catch us live 2 p.m. every Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern time. So you guys want to come check out, come kick with the chat. Chat, thank you for being here today. Sammy, thanks for sharing your community with us, man. I appreciate thank you, you so man. much for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, I love, you know, I've loved being a guest on your show. So thanks very much for having me. I really I appreciate, appreciate it. I appreciate you, man. Well, before we go, though, uh one little, little last thing here uh i always let the guests choose who we're raiding so who are we gonna go see today who's your friend oh, who's got a friend me. online i threw, oh, okay. I threw you under threw you uh, under the bus the, the, the best question is do i actually have any friends do you have any um, <laughs> dude man thank you brother man you have an excellent day guys thanks for being chat appreciate you guys cyrus appreciate you man thank you for all the follows charlie's and do man do man with the four months in a row man love it we can raid leveled. Hey. Can we raid me, myself, and well, I? Le leveled streaming. Is he? Is he? Let's go there for some reason. We're going there, that um, guy? All right, so I'm going to say uh, I'd like to... 
Right, this this guy is kind of a new streamer. Perfect. Uh, he does a lot. He does a lot of horror games, and he does Final Fantasy games every Friday night. Let's do it. Um, How do we spell so his, it? Oh, oh type God, it I'm chat. Yeah, because, type it in chat. Yeah, type in chat. It's a terrible way to spell his name. Actually, okay. Really, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> clip uh, that. So I like, clip that. Send it to so, him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, and then it's uh, then it's for? I then an R underscore four. His his name's Akira, but that's how you do his username. Okay, uh, so it's Akira, but just yeah. in the uh, lots of underscores in Got a it. ridiculous way, Got terrible it. way. Got it. All right, guys, we're gonna go see Akira. So, guys, love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Let's go have some fun. Uh, please, if you guys have not already followed Sammy, do it. I just left the link in the chat below. And last but not least, here's Bruh. a little raid for you guys to copy-paste. Let's go do a little love raid. Let's go have some fun. And if you guys have not followed us yet, uh, please consider following us. If you guys like podcasts, we've, this is episode number 44. We got 45 coming next week. And we're going to be rocking, dude. So here's a little bit of a link to the Spotify. Do me a favor. Go follow that. Do me a favor, just follow it. Trust me. It's a good time, guys. I'll see you guys later. We are out. Peace. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much.